0: You are listening to The Thundercling Podcast.
1: <laughs> Just rippling abs. How are we going to get fucking sponsored by these guys if we can't even get the name right?
2: Did you say you're doing wrestling moves?
1: Oh god, I'm bleeding. Jason kale was walking around on stilts. It was fucked up. My name's Dave. <laughs> My name's Feedy. And you're listening to the, the Thundercling podcast. podcast. Okay, okay, Feedy, yeah. you gonna get a talk for a second? I do not. I do. not I do not. We have tried. We have tried to record this intro. I think
0: we're at the Great Ocho. We, we are, are like at the eight. Snowman. We have yeah. eight tries. Every time I start talking and then I just lose where I am and then I feel really embarrassed. In it's the like a time. cosmic blankness enters right Enders, when is about yeah. ready to hit like this really yeah, yeah, important yeah. point yeah. he
1: kind of furrows his brows and bites his lower <sighs> lip and he's like fuck I just,
0: I just I don't have anything going? <laughs> yeah and uh, and I really don't want that happen so I'm letting Dave talk now okay
1: I'm not going to talk for long I'm going to force you into a story first okay. of all w- we're really excited about this interview you know the guy that we interviewed Ian Powell Holy was shit, the very first person that I wrote on my list of like 200
0: yes climbing related folks and not to dig in too deep to ian's person because we're going to talk about it near the end of this intro but dude is responsible for the way the modern climbing gym looks and is oh oh, you're i saw he furrowed his brow and bit his lower
1: lip right there all right dude this is going to be some unthinking talk okay You've been climbing in Roy yeah, like every yeah. weekend for months and months and months. Mm-hmm.
0: You're a Roy boy. I'm a Roy boy. You're a Roy toy. I actually, it was weird. I woke up one morning and I had my right arm. Look at just the size it of it. those forearms, dude. Oh, thanks, man. I'm, I'm getting so rippled. You ever heard of Fred Nagle? trying to...
1: <sighs> I don't even remember but who I he is. But I woke up and there
0: was just like a stamp on me, like a kettle, kettle uh, sear. Yeah. And it just says Roy boy. B-O-I. B-O-I. Of Roy cor- boy. boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um... Something interesting happened to you yeah. at Roy this is this last weekend? Yes, it was uh two weekends ago. We were down in Roy for my good friend Jacob's and my good friends, Jacob and Melina's birthdays. Do Jacob and Melina listen to this podcast? I think they do sometimes. Hi hi friends. Sometimes. Thanks for check- thanks for tuning in if you're here.
1: Hey guys, thanks
0: for listening. But so we're we we had a pretty good <laughs> little crew and I'm not going to lie, March and February is kind of when Roy people so it's like it's like people are in, at home. And all of a sudden, as soon as it turns into February, they're like, oh, it's Roy time. My they, alarm went off. My alarm went off. And they realize, they suddenly start coming, even though they could probably be going earlier. Enough, but don't tell anybody. That's okay. Don't say that. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Now it's time for you to stop going. And yeah, <laughs> That'd be awesome. And uh, we went there with a the little <laughs> birthday crew. And we're climbing on this boulder called Triangular. It's this beautiful arep problem that is just... Awesome. That was your ladies' project. That was my lady's project, yeah. Morgan, and, and she, she sent. valiantly sent it. To Beautiful, Mogo. An epic, epic battle with it. It was great. Yeah, Mogo. Um, Mogo. Shout outs. <laughs> shout, shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout
2: Sick, Mogo. Out
0: to Mogo. Yeah, safe, Mogo. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we had we had enough pads for that boulder. So Jacob left his pads up above a little bit, like on a little hill, within like thirty feet. Within honestly, I shot. If it wasn't for it being elevated. And we're climbing, we wrap up our work on the boulder, and all of a sudden Jacob's like, "Hey man, or hey hey guys, has anyone seen my pads? Did anyone take them to use them? Like, cause you know we had a decently sized group and we'd spread out a bit, and, and sometimes like, pads get taken, sometimes pads get friends. taken by friends, and we could not find the pads, and then all of a sudden we're like, man, do you think someone would have taken them? And at that moment we were like. That would be so crazy. Like, who would just take some pads? That's so fucking weird. No way. At Roy, too. And then it became very evident that someone had taken them because no one else had them. So Jacob went one way. I went another way because earlier, a crew of four dudes had rolled up and been like, oh, that boulder's cool, man. Okay, bye. And that was the only group of people we'd seen.
1: So <laughs> They I fucking sound suspicious <laughs> to you, the way they're talking. Oh, that boulder <laughs> looks
0: well, cool, looks man. Cool. So I went in the direction of them. Uh, to towards a boulder called A-frame. A lot of you guys might be familiar. James Lucas recently climbed it, and uh, I roll up, and there's a bunch of dudes lounging around. One guy setting up a camera. Some guys smoking some something. I some wacky tabacky. Some tobaccy? wacky tabacky. Okay. And I'm like, hey guys, like, do you guys take see some pads? earlier and and then like immediately one of the guys is like oh yeah man um are they still sitting at this point they're still literally like lounging around. and looking at me and i feel like as soon as i come in i i swear to god the vibe you could just tell they're like oh shit it got icy it got icy and i because I, I came in yeah the guy's like oh yeah man um yeah they might be those pads over there <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah those are our pads like why do you guys have them here and then oh oh man it was a must have been a mistake. Must have I, been a mistake. Mu- oh, Dude, I'm so, like, yeah, I don't know how they got I, I don't know. And it's just, it's just this bizarre moment when, A, they're admitting to immediately knowing that that group of pads was not theirs. And they did nothing to, like, bring it back to us. We were literally, like, 150 feet away from them. So they, like, knew they took our pads. And instead of just bringing them back like any normal fucking crew would do they held onto them and had opened them up. And I showed up and they are just laying there like, oh, yeah, man. Oh, they might be these ones. I think they're these ones, right? Oh, yeah. we. Oh, they, dude. I don't remember <laughs> if we took them or not.
1: But, so I'm like, oh, uh,
0: okay, cool. Uh, That's kind of fucking weird. Like, why didn't you bring them back? I'm like, oh, they, and it's, it's when you, you know, when you catch people doing something that they know they shouldn't have been doing and instead of owning up to it, they just sort of, it starts talking and then trail uh, off. They like, oh, oh, I don't, I meant man. They just hit s- verbal speed. Bumps. Yeah. yeah they well, hit, like, and I, they don't uh, ever say anything, but it's just like, okay, whatever. So I don't, I'm not here to cause a scene. I just grabbed the pads and I'm not gonna lie. I kind of, you know, I stepped on their pads a little bit cause I was a little angry and took them back to our crew. And I was like, yes, those people took our pads for like no reason. <laughs> also cause they took it to a, a boulder that doesn't need that many pads. First of all, anyways, Um, so weird and then jacob opens his pads up and he's like oh my guidebook's not in here because jacob had been carrying the guidebook which by the way is out of print collector's item inside the the pads yeah and uh so it's like oh great they opened the pads took the guidebook out and didn't fucking tell me they'd taken the guidebook out when i went down there to get the pads so we like they go back and they're like did you guys see a guidebook it's like oh yeah we found this guidebook in the in the field Like, while we were walking around, like, it must have fallen out of your pads. Why lie? And it's like, they were packed in this pad super tight. Like, the only way that book got out of those pads was you guys opened it up, pulled the guidebook out, and put it, and, like, kept it. It was just so weird. Anyways, we didn't, we didn't, um, nothing really happened. But what could have happened if you wouldn't have... I don't know, man. Like,
2: what if you guys just would have taken off? Like, oh, the pads are gone. My guidebook's gone. I I, like, I guess let's just go. They'd be fucking. I don't three know. Three pads richer.
0: I, I'm here to just say, like, dude, if you want to go climb somewhere with your crew and your friends, that's awesome. But don't be the fucking crew that is blasting music, being so fucking loud that you can hear them from the rim of a canyon.
2: You're just like, oh, come on,
0: John! Come on, John! John, bro, oh, oh, you're so oh. strong. Breathe, breathe. <laughs> and then steal people's pads and snag guidebooks, dude. Mm. It was fucking weird. So uh, that was awkward. Um, so just a friendly reminder. Let's we, you know, don't do that. This is something also that has been going on.
1: Time immemorial. Yeah. It, so, I have a similar story. Yeah. Two thousand. One or 2002 in Bishop. Okay, so back in 2001, 2002, there weren't that many people in Bishop. Uh-huh. So we were at the Happies late at night. Uh, not late at night, but late in the evening, just as dusk was settling in. And we're like, okay, let's get out of here. And just like us, there were like uh, eight guys in our crew. And <clears throat> one of my guys was supposed to be carry, or one of the guys was supposed to carry my second pad. Yeah. Because he didn't have a pad, but he forgot. No problem. Brian Gee, you shouldn't forget those things. <laughs> I'm talking to you. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, um, he we came down and we were at the Hulk. Yeah. And right before we left the Hulk, this uh, crew of guys came up. Uh, they were the only dudes that I saw in all of the Happies. It was our crew and yeah. these like four guys. These uh, Japanese dudes, they didn't speak English. Super nice. Uh, they were just rolling up when we left. So I... We get all the way down to the yep. parking lot, to the road at the Happy's Chalk, Chalk Bluff Road. I see that my pad isn't there. I'm like, fucking Brian, you suck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brian, you had one job.
1: One job, dude. Yeah. Um, anyway, I love you, Brian. I'm sorry. Um, I sprinted back up and I got, to, I got there yeah. to the yeah. Happy Boulder and my pad was gone mm. and that crew was gone. Mm. Mm. And I never saw them again. Oh, and oh. I, my pad was stolen.
0: What the they hell? stole my fucking
1: pad. But since that day, I have had this recurring fantasy. Yeah, would you like to hear my fantasy? Yes, please, please, I want to hear it. So, of course, pot was illegal back then, <laughs> and I had a gigantic one hitter stuffed in. It was a cordless yeah. pad, and it, cordless pads oh, used to be yeah. Velcro, and you could take yeah. the Velcro off and like look at the foam on the inside. And I had stuffed my one hitter in between the foam pads inside the crash pad, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was our first day, and I'd hidden it on the drive out. And my hope is that they went to the airport, and they had to throw those fucking (laughs) crash pads through the x-ray machine. And as they walked through like the little x-ray hoop yeah. that you walk through and they got wanded and everything. They're like, Hey, uh, we're going to need sir. to talk to you. And the guy's like, I don't really speak English. No, that's not mine. And the guy's like, Oh, I'm fucking, oh, you, you put, that, you on put the that on the conveyor plane. belt yeah. there. I think that's yours. He's like, no, that's, I don't know how that, that's not mine. That's not my pot. That's not even my crash pad. And I hope they had to spend a night in the clink in the American Dude. clink. In, like, L.A., dude, Stitton County, for a couple days. Now, I hope they also got away safe yeah. and they're married and have
0: beautiful children. Yeah, beautiful kids. Ch- beautiful kids.
1: Maybe they're kids. Thieving uh,
0: kids, like like crash pad thieving kids, though. Yeah, yeah, real dirty, dirty, yeah. gross kids beautiful, who steal crap. Beautiful, Beautiful, dirty, very
1: smart, yeah. and they're obviously going to be more successful than me. <laughs>
0: but this is my hope.
1: so don't fucking steal
0: crash pads dude that's somebody's hard-earned money i know that's i think that's that is weirdly low because a one thing i've always loved about the climbing community is that it is so trusting and i have never felt like my shit was in danger of being taken and that was like a major like yeah your crew of dudes had no idea that this the stack of pads wasn't yours, you know? Like, there's no way. There's no way you guys didn't think that. And you just took it the without inter- asking. We were right by them. You could have just asked, too. And the interesting thing yeah. is the gall of
1: like acting like you don't know what's going on. If they would have been like, oh, dude. We were in a pinch. We wanted to try this yeah. problem. We totally forgot to bring these back.
0: I am so sorry. Yeah. Shit. Oh, here's that. Or they could There's a guidebook yeah. in it. They could have literally been like, we were literally about to bring it up. I'm so sorry. They, they could have lied. They could have said anything instead of just the, like the, uh, oh, I oh, oh. Yeah. your guess is as good as mine, bro. Like, man, I, I'm trying to get some sick footy and I needed those pads, man. So yeah. I took them.
1: We want to get sponsored by organic. Oh, so sick, we honestly. need like 12 I organic. That.
0: Um, but for your story, I just want to say real quick, that would be such amazing cosmic karma that the, the, pad, the boulders pads just obviously would have like some kind of weed in there and that they get busted. Man, and there was, there I was think, pot in there. I think that's a, you know what? We're going to reach out to our thousands of Japanese listeners and we're going to ask them hundreds if they could, of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And we're going to yeah. ask them if they could like ask around the community and see if somebody maybe has your pad still.
2: Circa 2001. Yeah. It's an, it was a nice tan cordless. Yeah.
0: It's my first crash pad yeah. ever, and with all that storytelling and well, pain, that was exciting. That was exciting. It felt good we still to love climbing. We still love climbers. climbers. And uh, just if don't steal. If you're still here. We're gonna if start talking about here. Ian. Ian Powell, Powell, the head shaper over at Kilter and owner, and owner of Kilter. Is he co-owner though with Jackie?
1: Yeah, now. Yeah, but now.
0: I mean, that was his company. So,
1: Ian, if you don't know who Ian Powell is. I th- you can make a very solid argument mm-hmm. that he is the greatest hold shaper in the history of the world, correct? 100%. Correct. So, for the last whatever, 30 yes. years, 40 years, he has been at the very mm-hmm. spear tip of sha- the shaping Dude, industry. And I
0: cannot express how underappreciated the the hold shapers are, the people who manufacture holds or create or innovate are. To to people to members of the gym who come in, I feel like holds are honestly they don't even think about the fact that there are people beside outside of the gym that are like making these holds and like spending hours trying to craft them. They just they just, just take it for granted. They're like these are here. They're on the wall. They're part of this gym. It's just the gym thing, and. It was awesome to talk to Ian and get isn't to know. Isn't the way?
2: Isn't that all of
1: society though? Like when you, if you own like an Audi A5 and you get in it and you're like, "This fucking car is so rad," and yeah. I'm driving it. Yeah, I'm the man.
2: You're never like, man. Yeah, man. Props to that design. A lot of work went into that. <laughs> well, that's fair? Of that's that totally car. fair. Or the couch you're sitting on. That couch is awesome. Yeah, you're not thinking
1: about the dude who's like, I bet a leather upholstery would be nice. We're gonna yeah. double stitch
0: it. And at the same time, it's like. Ian Powell for example is a figure in climbing history who is extremely has single-handedly uh directed the path that modern climbing took and how it looks today. Like his his impact is extremely high, like undeniably. And we go into it a little bit in the pod for sure. So he invented listening. polyurethane holds yes. along with
1: a guy working for Voodoo at the same mm-hmm. time. It was very much like the invention of the TV, That's right? That's right, yeah. Um But he invented polyurethane holds. He invented uh, holds that uh, work together in conjunction in sets. Um, And he's just on. He's was the first shaper to ever add like the aesthetic look of sandstone and the aesthetic look of granite. To I mean, you got to think in the '90s, holds looked like they
0: were made out of fucking cement. Yeah, and they were like they looked. They just had like like. Why does this look the way it is?
1: Yeah, Metolius holds were <laughs> like
0: the coolest looking
1: things on the market back then. Yeah, and, and when you look back in retrospect, you're just like, oh man, that would they, be the bottom of the barrel I, It would
0: 100% be the bottom of the barrel. And um, yeah, it, we can keep praising Ian, but you should just listen to the episode because we talk with him and he goes into depth about the shaping, the history of hold shaping, his inten- his crazy life. He's that guy. Yeah, we should talk about that for a moment. Yes. Ian has seen... I mean, you, you, maybe you should go ahead for this. So
1: Ian um, was also a fine artist. Yes. Uh, I mean, he sold a sculpture at one point for $330,000. The unfortunate thing about that is around that same time, he discovered cocaine, Yes, and uh, over about a decade of time, he kind of spiraled. He kind of a, spiraled out of control, entirely away from climbing, even away from his gallery work, and uh, he ended up on the a, streets of Denver, and then getting
0: fucking getting arrested. Then he got
1: arrested and spent two years in jail, and he came out, and he started Kilter within weeks, and now it's it's one of the biggest climbing hold companies in the world. And, and he and learned his sh- lessons, and he's clean, and he's fucking still so
0: psyched. Yeah. I mean, the kilter board. The kilter board. Dude, this guy, such a – I was – this episode really – this interview really was, was moving for me. I was very, very – Yeah, you, you were I – was, I was absorbed in You it. did
1: good work on this interview, if I might say. Oh, wow. You, Feedy. Me. You controlled – this, oh, whoa. You sorry, all right? I had a little cough. Okay. Anyways. Uh, all right.
0: Let's get please, to it. Let's get to it. We're we'll happy to be you. back, though. We're happy to be back. It's been three weeks. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We've been both been a little bit busy here. A little bit busy. But we're still getting the good stuff to you, if you're still here. And we love you. <laughs> and we, uh, I love you, too. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Slippy. Bye. Bye.
1: You're a core climbing guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, fr- I mean, if you were climbing in the 80s, you're,
1: yeah. But you, your fucking whole persona is...
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a you're huge
1: a core part guy. of my life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I wondered what your thoughts were about, like, climbing is having this huge explosion, which is yeah. obviously fucking tremendous for your business. Yeah. Like, a huge boon. However, the core community, as the the entire community expands, the core right. community reciprocally gets smaller and smaller and smaller and i it's
3: it's a fucking weird thing to think about it, for, for core people yeah it doesn't I, i'm not that down on it it doesn't bother me that much i it's sort of like well it is what it is um it's it's funny to watch a blow up because again if you're climbing even if you were climbing since the 90s then you are a fucking old school and we all know as we all <laughs> fell in love with it, we've all known how powerful and how amazing climbing could be and how big it could be. And we've kind of you wait for it to boom, you know, you you we all used to get into climbing. It was like being a punk. It was like a punk ethic. it was it was outside of society, outsiders. I, we are uh, everyone I knew we all you always felt like it felt like an outsider life. it
1: was beyond punk too because if you're like I'm a skateboarder people be like oh you're yeah. a fucking skater die uh trans world I've r- heard of that r- r- right if
3: you said you're a climber they're like oh like oh, Mount Everest I have, yeah they have no idea where the fuck you were right <laughs> yeah. so um so that you know as that kind of fades I, it I don't I, I'm not crusty about it it, yeah. it but it is weird because we've you if you've been involved with a long time you've expected it to kind of blow up and catch on because you know how great it is but year after year goes by and it never does so when it now finally is yeah. because it is it just keeps yeah, growing and it's keeps growing, growing. Like crazy so it's it i think i think there's old people industry people who are I are still aren't ready to believe it, you know? Not many, but some that are like, oh, like, no, it really is booming. It really is changing, you know? It is.
1: And I think um, you better fucking get on board right now because this has happened to every fucking outdoor sport period, right?
3: Snowboarding had its boom,
1: right? Died out a little bit. Yeah. Skateboarding had its boom, died out a little bit. Yeah. Surfing is one that continues to grow
3: Yeah. exponentially,
1: yeah. but climbing is, is the fad of, I mean, it won an Oscar. It's going to be in the Olympics. Like That's right now the wave is thing. fucking cresting. No, no, it
0: really isn't.
3: Yeah. I, 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 I really thought the, uh, Jimmy and Alex's film, um, I I thought that was kind of a big deal. I, I think culturally oh, you you know I, I I think you know when you when you start to see it on more credit card commercials and Volvo commercials you just <laughs> yes. you are like oh now I'm catching climbing it's just you more and more commercials and then in the same year that the Olympics having it win the Oscar that that it's compounding. It's way bigger than if it had just been in the Olympics. There's something about
0: it, you know. You're way just, bigger. I mean all the celebrities who are like taking yeah. selfies with Alex Honnold right. and, or sure, like sure. just hanging out with Alex Jared Honnold. Lito. Jared Leto. Yeah. They free sold the flat irons together. Did, did they? <laughs> I, yeah. did, I didn't yeah, know. That. They That's didn't, great. They went up there. That's great. 30
3: I, seconds to Mars, baby. Well, and I, I think Leto actually really, I don't know the guy, obviously. I've never met him, but I think he, I think he's a real dude. I think he really loves climbing. And I think that about Jason Momoa, I've Instagram messaged with him a little bit. <gasps> we've, we've talked about That's amazing. kilter boards and stuff like that a little bit. Um, and, uh, uh I, he's the real deal yeah i, I think he real. he's a yeah, real, he, real climber he was in waco uh, right. i think free you can waco. see him in free waco oh in no like, shit oh yeah okay classic yeah, yeah that, that makes sense he's uh it, i thought he was he's real you know he, he he's he, been climbing for 20
1: years man yeah yeah exactly he's from our neck of the woods he's from yeah, iowa he's from iowa is he right? i didn't yeah. know
0: that oh there's some really great yeah. uh, old cool. photos of him in his garage in iowa with like he built his own like campus rungs oh it, great which is yeah. just like dude that, that's this great. is year this Years, is decades right, ago
2: right
3: right that's what i thought that's when i messaged him I I, I I talked to him a little bit i'm like hey man i i think i don't i don't know you obviously but i think you're the real deal and so if you you know you want a kilter board or something just just talk to us dude that's you know. awesome i i actually don't think he can because if it's because of so ill i do oh, th- I think, oh, I, think right. I think what'll happen <laughs> I, and, and i actually i told him that i'm like look uh if you got a kilter board, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> right? I'm like, you're the real deal, man. It's Dude, cool. Sh- we want you no one will hear it from us because So Will is not gonna be psyched on that. I here's my <laughs> here's my prediction. I think I think he's gonna go make a light up board with so Will. yeah, I, I, yeah. I, which yeah because I, I, I know he wants one and he yeah. i don't think he can have ours so i think he's gonna push I, if, I've, I've
0: seen a couple of pictures of so Will with light up holt so i think they're gonna try it if he did have your board though you can whenever you're selling the kilter board you'd be like you know just so you know like aquaman this is uh, our aquaman version, aquaman
3: version. <laughs> <laughs> he did the, the, I, there was a little blurb on instagram the other day where he said he's working with waltopia and so will yeah. on an aquaman themed oh wall oh god Oh, so God. we'll see. It's gonna break my heart a little bit if he does. Aww. If he if he makes something really close to us, we're not gonna be. It would be a bummer. I wish he'd just work with us, but because again it's not, <laughs> not not that I'm fanboy of somebody <laughs> famous <laughs> it's just fun when you see yeah, yeah, yeah. a real climber yeah. one of really one of us it's so tr- out man. there you kind of want it there's something about that that's kind of
0: thrilling absolutely you know especially someone in, in that world you yeah know? that like, weirdo but you're like, that you, world but you're like is. wait you, you like climbing too like right. I, I can actually really yeah I can get actually get it we could connect on this yeah, point yeah, <laughs> yeah. you were climber first
3: right <laughs> so there's, exactly I don't know what whatever it is about that I think all of us kind of want to support
0: him on that
3: you know so we'll see we'll see what this aquaman there might be a whole light up who fucking knows there might be a weird light up adjustable wall coming
0: something green and blue sure scales on sure, the wall sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, Who's, yeah whose idea was it to light up the holds on the kilter board i mean it was
3: it was ours we um you know i was telling you guys the story earlier we and, and uh, we, we've talked about this before with uh about the moonboard we years ago I talked with Ben a little bit about about just making holds for the moonboard yeah um i just thought i thought i could contribute some interesting holds to it you know yeah. jackie and i were in england and we saw someone using a moon board and i mean i'll just never forget the first time you see someone swiping yes. on their phone and things light yeah. up you're like oh that's fucking cool it's Actually, smart yeah. that's rad yep. so ben was in town years ago and, I, and we said hey man what you know you want to work with us he said yeah cool make some holds but I, I'm, I don't pay anybody to make holds i'm not interested in paying you guys and I, we almost did it anyway this was years ago when kilter was smaller and so we almost did it just to put a logo, just, I was just going to say, Hey, just put a kilter logo on the side of moon boards. And that'll be cool. Jackie said, no, you're not working for free. And she was right. Um, (laughs) and, and then what we did not do is go make a kilter board right away. That is not us. And we would never do that. We just, we're like, okay, well, whatever, not not interested in boards. And we didn't think about boards at all for about a year and a half. And then an old friend of Jackie's called us up and he he Peter Michaud, he's a guy who's, he's a Squamish boulder. Uh, he's great, really smart, uh, interesting dude. And uh, he called up Jackie and was like, Hey, I'm, I love moonboarding, but I, I, I don't know. I want to see kilter make some stuff. He kind of asked us. Yeah. Then we tried one set. We're like, all right, I guess again, this was a couple of, this is 18 months or so after we, we didn't work out with Ben. So then we tried we asked Aragon to make one kind of batch for us mm-hmm. I shaped a couple holds and we're like hey can you make the bottom clear and they said yeah yeah, yeah I think we can and we just tried it and then as soon as they came back and yeah, we lit them up we're oh, like oh
0: that's dope it just we're, looks so right when you see it you're like it Bass. does well, and, and,
3: and you know what so we've fought with ourselves about about that so our board is like three times more money than a moon board mm-hmm. because they charge us twice to make all of our well, there's more holes there's more lights and they're bigger Holds, So it was always going to be more. And then yeah. the factory charges us twice to pull yeah. the holds. Now we, over and over, we asked ourselves, like we've, we've tried an entirely clear hold. I was going to say, yeah. We just hate how it looks. Yeah, Like we could cut the price down of our entire thing by, I don't know, 30% or something.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: But, and it, it's, it's a really hard decision for us. because know. It, it's expensive. But whenever we've made clear holds, we just... Fucking hate how that looks man. just the aesthetics yeah it just looks like trash to us like uh, it looks like this clear like the et finger this weird yeah. glowing oh. amber finger yeah. you can see the light in it and like we're we're rock climbers so to see be able whenever a hold is translucent yeah i hate it i just, I'm yeah. just, yeah. just you're like, like don't fucking grab that thing it, <laughs> yeah it just fundamentally bothers me so we've it was it was really hard for us for the first couple of year year we just fought we're like god damn it this is so expensive should we cut it, but it's, it's an aesthetic decision and we just love the fact that the whole thing is gray it's as monotone, yeah. and only the base yeah. is band oh. of light lights up it's just it, we just that's how we want it, and we've been really lucky we we set, you know, just to get the lights and holds for us is for a customer is something like 9500 bucks, something like that. And the moon boards like 3500 or something. So we're like, three times the money or something. Yeah. Um, it, that that's for our bigger board, you know, whatever, it's a lot more money. And we really didn't know. We just set the price we had to on it, but we're yeah. like, ah, we might only sell 10 of these and we've sold like 150 of them or something. Yeah. So, so good. Mm-hmm. which means the whole community gets bigger yeah. and people are sharing it. And it's just this community, like something like hey, there was 40,000 people that registered climbing on a boards last month. Oh, and there was so like cool 30 see, the man. month before and 20. So it's skyrocketing right now. Well, it's
0: crazy to think to you that cool. you're, you've, you're creating your own little kilter community. Anyone who has that as a part, becomes yeah. a part of it, you can see people that, that must be really rewarding just to,
3: it's super rewarding. And it's, it's, so this is happening at the same time that, you know, Peloton is a thing Um, that orange theory. uh, So there's these weird workout spaces where people are (laughs) are sharing, um, you know, sharing space. So we think, we think the next thing that's going to happen is, is we're going to try it. We're just going to start putting multiple kilter boards in a room. And I've always, you know, I've been lifting weights since I was a kid and I've always been too heavy to climb how I want to. But, um, so for me, I love like deadlifting, heavy deadlifting and trying yeah. boulder problems. Yeah. It's it's super entertaining <laughs> to me. And it's I don't super think I'm,
1: entertaining for us too.
3: I don't think I'm the only one who would like that. I think there's a bunch of meatheads out there that I could, I think I'm a pretty good guy to pull meatheads in because I'm 215 pounds most days or I came out of prison like 225. Yeah, you're you beefy know, dude. Th- thick, <laughs> but just, but you know, deadlifting 500 pounds you know, all the time, easy. Um, and... Uh, there's a, I think there's a lot of dudes who deadlift four or five or 500 or 600 who would like climbing, and I'm kind of the, I think I'm a good spokesman to reach out and
0: grab their little hey man. hands. I mean, yeah, <laughs> come it's, with me. It's hard, hard to venture. grab. Hard <laughs> to grab those moonboard holds. You know, they're already tweaky. If you're not 220 pounds, can you fucking
1: imagine a power lifter like thrutching themselves on a
3: moonboard? They'd fucking be broken and it. it it it's it's it can be taxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different style. I mean, look, we're making. You guys saw in the back now the the prototype for the hardboard where yeah, that's, that's covered it. in little blades and little that's smaller exciting. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we we want to when we after we lit the first holds up and we started doing it, I realized right away. I'm like, oh uh for us again everything moonboard is the classic uh, as i said earlier yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a fixie it's a it's the classic yes m- it's the original mountain bike whatever we're working on other suspensions we're just working on other yeah, stuff right
0: yeah you guys are just you know
3: we'll, we'll get it's a classic get a yeah. moon board and then uh, we think you should stick a kilter bar next to it so <laughs> so the the first thing that happened to us is jackie and i were climbing with a with all the other kids here we, we you know, we lit up a few, and they were like, "Okay, cool." So, so let's let's make a board. We made an eight foot wide, one, 12 foot high version. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and us and tension at the same mm-hmm. time, tension was coming on, and then we hooked. We were going too slow, so we introduced tension to the Aurora lights guy to Peter Michaud, mm-hmm. and so Peter does tensions lights too. We all kind of work together in a real positive way, um, real supportive. And and so the first thing that happened when we actually set filled all the T nuts is Jackie and I were climbing Jackie and I like we might get up a V9 if we on a couple of days at this point like both of us are just not climbing that well you know That's um pretty fucking well uh, <laughs> Come on. everybody else here was <laughs> can, was on sighting V11 you know, these are monsters well, your accountant here. is <laughs> <as> <laughs> yeah strongest accountant yeah strongest accountant in the world uh, uh, yeah for, for rock climbing absolutely I, Hands down, I'm definitely willing to say it. that has to be true. I fucking love it. Um, so, uh, what we realized is, oh, one board is bullshit for us mm-hmm. um, because we can't we can't move off of half the holds. Like Jackie and I couldn't do a significant move yeah. off of half the holds, and then the other half of the holds, those guys were bored by. Oh, man. It's just too, it's too yeah. much. What, like yeah. so so we said, all right, dude, this has to be an easy, medium, and hard. I mean, I, I can make a case for five different difficulties, you know, yeah. in my head, and have around here many times. So we've kind of got it down to where I think there's a well, five would be easy, medium, hard, and then a super juggy CrossFit board for out of yeah. industry, and yeah. then a pro, pro, oh. pro, like an epic pro board back here. Um, for me, I, I'm not done until we try. Like I want to, I want to make a hundred percent pinch board.
4: Whoa, yeah. Hey, you want
3: to work on pinches? Fuck it. Every hold on here is a pinch. And you get cross-pollination. Mm-hmm. The lights don't know what... The, the, the app and the lights have no yeah. idea what hold is on top of it. So you could just all whatever we have, 20,000 yeah. other problems. Cool that every one of those is would work on the pinch board. Just cross-pollinate. You just yeah. light up the light and see what happens. So I want to I want to <laughs> uh, try... I want to build a board with all crimp edges. I'd like to build an all-pocket board one day. Yeah all sloper board, all just flat, just kind of 90 degrees at all different
0: angles. I, I just want to build every one of those models in a room and see what happens. Dude, being in this facility for the past hour or so, I love just the amount of creative ideas that I've heard already mm-hmm. just about the future, where you guys want to go, what you're working on. It's just really, really it's interesting stuff. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. a pollination zone.
3: <laughs> well, I, you know, that I, I've thought for a long time that... The trade-off, if you're an industry person, the trade—you don't make a lot of money. We we were just talking about it, the industry growing. It finally more and more and more people can make a living, which is great. Yes, but we're not driving M3s or anything, you know. Right. Um, but the trade off is you, you do get to invent an entire we've been inventing yes. an industry since I've been in it since nineteen ninety or ninety one. It's we're the ones it's like we're the ones who designed the football helmets and planted the field and built the stadiums. Like it's it, our sport is climber driven yeah, in every yeah. aspect. And it's yes. not
1: like football or basketball or fucking hockey where Outside design companies are right. designing our shit. Right. The players are
3: designing. Yes, the gear. exactly. We're a player run organization. Yeah, that's, that is, that's so cool. that is no small thing. How many times in a life do you get to be a part of, of creating a sport, of inventing a sport, you know, pushing a sport, designing for a sport like that. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So to me, that's, that's, that has to be the bigger reward. Much more. That's, that's why people have stayed around for decades. And know?
1: I think you said as well. I don't remember where, but once you said, like, the biggest heartbreak of your life is not being able to
3: climb up to your potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To where you wanted, not even beyond your potential. No, uh, yeah, I did a couple nationals and some World Cups, and I was never going to even make finals. But I didn't know I had to try. Yeah, I mean, just blowing my fingers and just (laughs) just an injured, classic injured athlete. And, yeah, yeah, that will break your heart. I mean, and that's not... A rare experience I think a lot how you know, you were a wrestler growing yeah. up. I mean Anybody who's Fallen in love with a sport most all of us have had our heart broken by the sport in some way, right? But
1: the cool thing about climbing to like dovetail on what we were talking mm-hmm. about is like you get your heart broken You don't have to leave the sport, right? You can fucking make you can do something else in the sport That's right. just
3: as grand as climbing hard. Yeah, I, I and I was such a shitty person to climb around in the '90s, like when I was that brat when wobblers? I was a broken heart. Oh God, awful. or whatever word is worse than y- wobblers. Y- yeah, whatever's worse. <laughs> I mean, I, I've I've lowered. I, funny, I've heard. I'm not the only person who've done this. I've, I've told this story, and other people's like, oh, I know other people who've done this. I've lowered off a root and rifle and thrown every quick draw in the creek. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I did that. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. impre- Yeah, that's you and know. hitchhiked home. Like I just hated every. It was just a nightmare. And so finding shaping and designing everything, I'm just way happier. And then I, I <laughs> and then I climb better. You know, I, yeah. when I stopped just trying to, I just didn't have the temperament to sit at a crag and climb day after day after. Day. It just didn't. My body wouldn't hold up to it. My brain didn't yeah, do it.
0: It's a it, it, just couldn't do it. Personality types definitely fit specific. Uh, regions of climbing, you know. Like some people yeah, some people can do it every day, nonstop. Some people Need a little bit more balance.
3: Well, you know, Griff are like the strongest climbing accountant in the world yes. by a by a, a factor mile. of ten. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, Griff doesn't really like sitting at a crag either. He can't really take that. You know, it doesn't suit him. He doesn't need to climb. That. That's he just crazy. just goes out he, every now and then. And and yeah, fucking yeah. That is so
0: funny. But um,
3: <laughs> yeah, he, he he said that he doesn't. He can't do that shit day after day either. He needs something else in his life.
0: I mean, I I. You, going back to you saying that you got to shape a sport I mean you literally have one of the, like you I, I guess we talk a little bit more about this but like coming up with polyurethane mix the mix right wasn't that kind of that was me and Ty yeah
3: we and, and the, we knew we tried to patent it because we knew as soon as we saw oh, the holds oh you yeah, well, we met with a patent lawyer. We gave a couple thousand dollars to a patent lawyer. And then the second <laughs> meeting is so great. It, you know, we explained everything to him and he was like, yeah, great. You know, you know, in life people, they, they look at you, they nod, they say, yeah, I get it. And you're like, oh, this guy gets it. We came back a couple months later, he was like, okay okay cool who are you got oh, okay oh uh. here's your file so wait these are ice axes what's <laughs> what, what are we patenting here we're like oh jesus that's and more than that he explained he's like well cool yeah we're gonna get a patent now as soon as you see anybody challenge you of course you have to take them to court because if if you don't if they can prove that you knew they violated your patent and you didn't sue them your patents null and void so cool I'm, dude it was just it's me just and, a world of litigation man yeah oh, I and mean, we were just fucking smoking weed in a north boulder <laughs> warehouse like we had no no money no way and i still wouldn't even with kilter we don't pursue patents because mm-hmm. i don't i I'm, i've had a fair amount of cops in my life and it's never gone that well but but you know? yeah like, i think <laughs> i'm lawyers and you know yeah best to steer clear of those dudes. yeah i'm good on
1: court i want to if you're cool with this, I yeah, think yeah. you are. Cause you like talking about the shit. Yep. I'd like to talk about a little bit of the history up until polyurethane. Yeah. And then after that, so like when you were 19 and you walk up, walk up to straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Chaz you, Fisher. Chaz
3: Fisher. Yeah. And he,
1: you knock on his door and you're like, Oh, I want to shape holds.
3: Yeah. So, um, uh, I actually thought it was, in retrospect, I, I Jim Carn had, had done his shapes for climate and they were just so clean and just perfect. And Janeiro uh, had been yeah. shaping. Um like in nineteen, you know, the late eighties, nineteen ninety, whatever. If you climbed anywhere in the country, you climbed on the same Metolius yes. holds, the same. You know, companies had like a hundred shapes, and then and then, you, and then you saw the same Climate ones everywhere, gyms, and they were great, but they just a you know, 100, 120 shapes or something. So, one you, of my favorite climbing logos of all time, by the yeah, way, the yeah, the Climate, the
1: Iron Cross, logo. yeah, 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 so yeah, badass, dude.
3: Those guys are so that's so SoCal, <laughs> so so Cal. yeah, it's perfect, yeah. Um, I think they still have that logo. That's yeah, still yeah. they're still looking. Love it, man. In fact, I they I Iconic. owe them like a hundred jugs because they bought some kilter boards for their for their hangar eighteen gyms and they they bought them early. And I'm like, uh, yeah, man, support us, and I'll I'll shape you a hundred jugs. So I owe climate a hundred jugs. Um, they they got to come get it. Um, so all right, so you climbed on the same on the same shit everywhere you went. I actually remember thinking like, well. I can't think of anything that I can't think of any climbing holds like, like they've all been done. I actually thought that. <laughs> um, with the like less than a thousand shapes
1: on yeah, the planet, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh,
3: everything's. I'm like, oh, up. yeah, I don't know. I can't improve it's on A like, thousand shapes out there. How I, could
1: I think of any more? I anymore? can't improve
3: on Jim Carne's pockets. And I grew up as an art kid, like, as you know, a real obsessive art kid, but I, I did not grow up with sculpture, I grew up drawing. So God, that's at, ironic. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't. I mean, I, it was te- Texas public high schools. Like there was no sculpture department, you know, <laughs> right. So We're from Iowa, we get it. <laughs> yeah. 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 There, We had a, a weight room for our football team. You had the same thing. exactly. So, okay. So an artistic kid, but not no sculpture background. And then, so what I thought of was like, Oh, uh, all right. Well, maybe I can have these two part holds. Like, Let's do two holds. Let's do two shapes that fit together. So there's a pocket on top and then there's a plate on the bottom and you rotate the top plate and you expose different pockets on the bottom. And then you can get kind of, you kind of, Put them a couple of millimeters one way or the other, and the pocket will in-cut to one side or the other. Like, oh, I can make this adjustable hold. Are you talking to Chaz about this? Yeah, yeah, I, I brought it to you. You're trying Chaz. to pitch it I, to him. I came to Boulder. I, I went and did World Cups in, in Europe just because they just let anybody in. The Open Division? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> open, division. open Division. I was <laughs> never last. I always beat a couple, like, one like a German guys. Um, <laughs> I was never last. <laughs> so... Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it did that. That I came to Boulder because it just it was Boulder, and I'm like, well, I just yep. want to go to the Capitol and train. Um, and uh, and then yeah, and, and and got a job just route setting in the the Boulder Rock Club, which was hilariously small, but it was all we had, you know. Yeah. And so and then and then kind of started thinking about these climbing holds. So I went to Straight Up. It would that was Boulder holds, and Chaz had just renamed it Straight Up, and I went there and was obsessed with this idea. And he was like, that's super wacky, uh, uh, whatever. And then eventually I kept going back. He's like, okay, look, dude, you have like an <laughs> art background. So can you do clay or something? I, I need some kids holds. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can, I can figure sculpture out. Um, he was like make some kids. Holds. So I made these dinosaurs, these goofy little dinosaurs <laughs> and, and shaped like a clay hand, this fist thing. And so he's like, okay, cool. Do that. And I'll, and I'll, I'll. I don't know, pay you some time to work <laughs> on this other thing. So uh, Put you in a
1: fucking dusty corner yeah, and just yeah, get for, to work.
3: Uh, for sure. And so I, we did that. And then at, Jim Karn had used shaping foam uh, to do his clean things. And so this designer foam, Yanira was using clay and putting sand on it for texture, but this designer foam was just kind of cropping up and, and everybody had been using clay before that, I think. So anyway, someone taught, there's a kid from RISD, uh Who had that design background? It's RISD? Rhode Island Rhode School Island. of Design. Very good. It's school. like, yeah, it's one of the best. Uh, it's kind of this famous. You're an art kid. It's a famous place. Mm-hmm. It's where I, if I wasn't just an, an idiot and can cannot, <laughs> cannot go to college at all, I would have loved to, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't have the grades to go anywhere. There's no working <laughs> class. There's no college for you. But I, I thought about RISD a lot. Um, <laughs> I had the so, posters on my wall. Yeah, I had the posters. So this kid showed up, and I'm like, "Oh my fucking hey, you're from RISD. and uh, he he knew about shaping foam. So he he started making these holds for Chaz. So I stumbled into shaping normal shit at the same time. Um, we took the I made these adjustable holds. Took him to the trade show and. Everybody hated them. They thought it would cut their what? fingers off. They thought it would, it would oh, chop your fingers wow. off, like <laughs> catch your fingers. So I, I went from just thinking I was such a genius, like, oh, I'm this, I, these are the smartest things ever, to cool. Everyone hates you. Design. <laughs> this is the biggest failure. But so I, in that time, I transitioned to shaping normal holds. And then I realized, like, oh, actually, with this shaping foam, the more you shape, the more you realize, Oh, shit, there's a lot more to do. Mm-hmm. And then and I still feel that way. Like, uh, I was obsessively shaping this morning all all day about oh, you know, cr- just trying to work dumb ideas out still that I just haven't gotten around to doing. Like, th- there's not enough slots, like just mm-hmm. slots. There's still, yeah. there's very few plastic slots. I've been doing this 30 years or whatever yeah. the fuck 20 something years. And I, I barely gotten around to slots and so I don't know that's an entire family Damn. of hold. That's just sitting there that we all need to all, all shapers should be working mm-hmm. on. Um, I fucking hate slots. Yeah, but <laughs> but they're great. Like they, they require accuracy. Yes. You can bojum. That's why them. I hate them. Them. Wait, they, they, Yeah,
0: yeah, People like just they fake make it better the slots by putting like two holds together, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's
3: my big obsession this last Watch year or that. so is is stacking stuff. So I have come back to modular. Mm-hmm. I just simplified it. Like we're not kind of spinning pockets. <laughs> yeah,
0: I really want to see one of these actually. It yeah, really I think we
3: call them fractals because I thought fractal was a cool sounding math word that had nothing to do with it. It is fucking cool. I did not understand fractal theory, I think, pretty (laughs) plainly that I would name this fractal. They're called fractal pockets. There's a
0: few of them out there that are classics. I'm that, just envisioning like wow. a cigar cutter for some reason.
3: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's what everybody was like. Oh, these are going to trap my fingers. Uh, so the materials, <laughs> we were talking about materials. The materials, it was polyester resin, which is a fiberglass, which is yep. what the resin you use to bind fiberglass. It's very strong in some ways, but it tends to be very brittle. So these things, I had to make them kind of too thick. There's just a lot. The materials yeah. wouldn't hold up to it. There's a mess. so... You know, shaping, so that was like 1991 or two or something, somewhere in there. How many and, gyms are there at this time? 20? God, right. Um, yeah, that's a really... Maybe, I mean, City Rock, uh, before I went to Europe, Typhus and I, we went to high school together. We grew up together yeah. in Texas. So we ended up in City Rock where he he got a job setting there. Um, and City Rock at the time in, in Emeryville, California, kind of edge of Berkeley between Berkeley and Oakland. And it was just this it was, I think it was the fanciest gym in the country and it, you know, it's been demoed for years and it, it, in retrospect is tiny, but yeah, that was, that was the biggest one. And it was the one up in Washington, there was a Seattle, which, you know, Rob Candelaria cats and the Seattle guy both claimed to be the first gym in America. I don't know, but somewhere yeah. around in mid late eighties, 87 or something, they both opened. Um, and cats is still open and Seattle, they're still building those things. Um, yeah, there were a uh, man. I don't know, twenty. Yeah, that's a, that's not a bad guess. Fuck. You know, um, I mean, we we're still just climbing on brick walls, you know, and buildings and stuff. Or yeah. you know, th- uh, there was a Baylor University, which is in Waco, Texas, where Ty and I were from. They had two by fours, you know, bolted <laughs> into a wall that was their climbing. We were uh, like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. what you, technology? You Jump between the two oh, by man. fours. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um. So uh, climbing holds are really brittle. And companies started trying to make kind of more and more profit margins. They're using cheaper and cheaper resins. So like Metolius was just, it, it, they kept changing hands. They kept selling the company and they kept being picked up by people who were trying to make more money. And they just got so weak Ugh. that um, I watched. Sharp breaks, man, too. Yeah. I, fucking razor blades. Right so i watched pat adams break pat adams is an old boulder legend he's mm-hmm. kind of the generation above me climbing legend and i watched pat in the boulder rock club somewhere in the late 90s break a jug like a finishing jug like under cling or something and just throw it like he couldn't he yeah. just didn't yeah. it wasn't his fault he just couldn't hold on to it so this you know nine pound now broken razor blade plate he just threw from 40 feet up across oh the gym oh
0: my god oh my god
3: and, and it didn't happen to hit anybody but I that was yeah, very clear a, i'm like this has to stop this is fucking insane People, somebody's gonna get killed fucking kill a kid yeah, yeah kid exactly you know kids why so we were all breaking holds like greg low used to Greg, Greg my Lowe. favorite thing that Greg Lowe would do in ISO for comps in that period like in nationals and shit he'd he'd go <laughs> around and find a hold and he knew he could Greg was so strong yeah insanely strong yeah legend he's Fucking a, a legend. absolute legend he's a kung fu legend <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Greg would just find a hole, and he would kind of look around and he'd just break, snap the hold off and oh turn it. Because Greg was really into fucking with people. That's so a he, really good mind game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'd be like, oh my God, I feel so strong today. Big dude who is the strongest boulder you at, at that time. Like he was just such a beast. So he would break these holes on purpose and, <laughs> and turn around and show everybody, like, dude, I'm going to beat all of them. I'm going to destroy <laughs> you today. Like I'm feeling really on today. It was hilarious.
0: That is uh, awesome. So
3: Greg could just break, tear the holes off at will. Jeez. And Pat Adams is throwing him across the room. Terrifying. So at, right at the same time, uh, we found there was some guy, on, I can't remember who it was. Some guy worked on the line in a rollerblade factory over the hill oh. from Boulder in Louisville. And he was he was just making rollerblades, and he was a rock climber, mm-hmm. and he poured there was some extra goo from a rollerblade wheel, and he poured it into a pile on the ground and stuck a bolt in it. Oh my god! And brought it in, and I was like the head setter at the Boulder Rock Club, or the only setter, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and he brought it into me, and uh, right around that time, uh, or, or some, s- somewhere, God, what? Somewhere in the in those early nineties and as soon as we saw it i'm like oh dude this is incredible (laughs) yeah and you know i didn't think much about it a couple years went by and then that pat adams thing and so we we, i'm like well all right so i think i know what we can do here so we went over to the rollerblade wheel factory and asked them if they wanted to make climbing holds they said no and then rollerblading imploded (laughs)
4: that's right
3: right because it's so stupid (laughs) and uh yeah.
1: Hey, we all did it. I we, loved it. I, I, I loved we it. We all, all
3: tried it. And and if you put the pads on, you could fall oh, anywhere. Yeah, it's, it's really oh, fun. Oh, yeah, man. It's really fun for a couple of days. And then you realize, yeah, like, this good. is too I'm easy. Good. I'm good on this.
1: <laughs> like I could get on my bike again. Yeah. What am it, I doing?
3: It, it imploded. And we went back there. And they're like, <laughs> like yes. oh, yes. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. we could use a new product. And that was it. And so that was Aragon Elastomers. And when once we started to make it still it still took a little while took like a year or two to get it right but we kind of knew we're like this is this is actually going to be what all holds are made of eventually I and that like was like 98, 99, something like that. I mean, yeah, it must've been like,
0: when you grabbed it, you're like, this is...
3: Well, we we, we, we would throw them. So yes. that, that was They right. wouldn't right. break. Yeah, yeah that was bounce. that was the sales thing. Yeah. So I went, so again, I've done this so many times where I get really excited about something. I get really manic <laughs> about something and I think, oh, this is going to be amazing. It's going to do really well and it doesn't sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a while. So I was driving around the country. I was in a little shop. I... Laramie, Wyoming. There's a climbing, there was a outdoor shop or something. I'm there in like the late nineties and I've got this thing down now where I go into gyms and we just throw them like, watch this. And you throw this mm-hmm. e-grip. Cause now, and now we'd started e-grips you and Ty. Yeah, yeah. I started it and Ty was still in California. And then he basically, his life was a mess. So he, I'm like, dude, just come out here and, and help me do this thing. And then so e grips is really mine and Ty's. He joined me like a year mm-hmm. later. Um, my first partner was a guy named Keith who's great. And then but Keith kind of took off. And I mean, there was, you know, it's just, again, we're just making holes for ourselves yeah. basically. Yeah. And our friends. But, um, so I'm in a, sh- I'm on the street in front of the shop. And I'm like, watch this. And I throw it into the sidewalk and this hold bounces, of course, yeah. as they do <laughs> and arcs up uh, into traffic. And it's oh, like Sunday afternoon Christ. and it bounces off the windshield of a, like a, a Lincoln a baby blue Lincoln ah, Cadillac God. and this guy nearly this 70 year old guy going to church nearly <laughs> crashes in it and just gets out of the car in the middle of the intersection like, and just the screaming fuck? at me fuck. yeah yeah this uh, and his wife is everybody's tripping wow. but I like this is the worst sales pitch yeah ever this is bad life. that owner was not impressed uh, it really got away from selling climbing holds quickly <laughs> And I was all I could do to get out of town. They just right out of this western, <laughs> tiny western town. Uh, I never, so we never wow. tried to sell holds in Laramie again. <laughs> but that's what happened with bouncing holds. Yeah, the bouncing rubber holds. That's
1: fucking great. Retired it. That uh, that switch to urethane reminds me of when skateboard tires in the late 70s. Yeah. Wheels, rather, yeah, yeah. tires. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> switch from I, fucking I
3: kale or uh, clay. <laughs> clay. Yeah, yeah. To fucking... I remember I had, I had my grandfather's... Skateboard, like a 1950s skateboard or something, or maybe 40s skateboard with clay wheels. Clay wheels. Jeez. Yeah. And so. Changed the sport, though. The sport became unrecognizable. Yep. It's kind of what you guys did for climbing. Well, also, so the factory, Aragon Elastomers, was Kryptonics. That's Kryptane wheels, Kryptonics wheels, which ended up being one of the biggest skate wheels and certainly rollerblade wheels, but also for skating. So. One of the skate company, you know, one of the important companies to skating was also became, and still is one of the most important companies to climbing holes. Fucking crazy. Yeah. How yeah. that dovetailed. Yeah. And it, the guy, the, the guy named is, is Chuck Demarest is this, he's maybe he's in his seventies now. He's kind of semi-retired. He sold Aragon. It, he's, he was also a climber. He'd been up at Everest a couple of times. Wow. And, uh, and yeah. he declined to make, was he the dude who declined yeah. the first time? Yeah. Yeah. The first time he wasn't so interested, but then, yeah, then we went back, you know, a couple years later or something. And he's yet, like,
1: he's like inline skating is going to be the biggest thing for the next well, 40 it was. years. The first time we went there, it <laughs> he's, was. He's like, yeah. I got a cash cow, man. I don't.
3: He, well, and he's he <laughs> is, if there's such a thing, he is a rock star among chemists. Like if you. Yeah. If you. Uh, if you go around and tell chemists in the polyurethane industry that you know Chuck, the, I, I've seen p- people go, Oh my God, you know that? Really? Oh, He's I some kind that. of I famous, weird polyurethane chemist. Yeah, among elastomeric urethane chemists, this guy Chuck is, uh, is famous. <laughs> um, so that just happened to be the factory next to Boulder. Is this an accident? It could, because wow. there's a lot of shitty urethanes out there. There's yep. a lot of second tier urethanes. But we happened to run into the guy who was the raddest and it just happened to be next to boulder so time. unbelievable I got lucky. um yeah and uh, so, uh yeah like i said we knew most would switch in europe they still sell a lot of the pe polyester they're just yeah. switching the last couple of years over to urethane. why um, is that there's some cool things about PE. it's cold it's full of sand so it's yeah, you cheap can, yeah. you can fill it you, Polyurethane doesn't like to be filled with sand or fiber or like fucks up the machinery. Yeah, right? well, it, it, it doesn't even like it chemically. It likes other urethane. It doesn't it doesn't want to bond to sand or anything. Okay. Polyester <laughs> likes anything you stuff in it. It's fine. It's great. So it's cheap. That's the number one thing. But it's also cold. It's full of sand. That mm-hmm. it's cold to the touch, which is pretty cool. When you actually when you feel it when you're climbing on a woody, it is it is a better feeling. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Urethane does warm up a little bit.
0: That's interesting. Uh, we
3: are all used to it now in America. Everybody's used to urethane. Um, the Europeans are a little bit horrified by urethane. They're just getting around it. Cause we're all, <laughs> we all sort of got used to a little bit soapy material. Mm-hmm. Um, mm mm-hmm i mean if if anybody who's seen route setters operate in an american climbing gym we use you know we use snow shovels and trash cans we throw the holds at the other holds (laughs) you throw them into a pile from 40 feet up yeah and the europeans are like why don't you guys use pe like have you met americans have you met us (laughs) dude once we've learned we can throw shit in a pile we ain't going back to carefully Carrying down, not the
0: American way. Dude. Well, you don't have time too if you're in a commercial
3: Fuck setting. No. well they do over there. That's I mean, crazy. you cannot throw. They don't throw their holds in a pot. They, they, you can't. It's, they're well, di- Europeans do have their more. dinner so they, plates. They, they, they've
1: made their life. They've made their culture so they do have more time. Americans are fucking psychopaths, right? Well, re- that whole time thing, and working so get, and yeah, get it done and, yesterday.
3: Yeah, and they're. It's changing fast. They are learning mm-hmm. how to love urethane quickly. And not all your, like, you know, there are problems. I mean, you have to, you can make soapier holds easier. I still yeah. trip out about texture constantly. Texture
0: is so important. And that, that must be, yeah, that must be such a struggle to figure out what maintains the texture. I, and.
3: I that is probably the biggest problem of my life. By yeah. far, the thing that keeps me up at night, worries <laughs> me, pisses me off, freaks me out, uh, is texture and climbing. Yeah. Like, we've got a, I've got a whole line we got a whole line right now we just did out of Europe that I love they're these tufa systems, and they all mm-hmm. bolt together, yeah, yeah, and I oh. love them, but they're pretty smooth like i'm oh. a little I'm a little worried, you know, we spent a year developing mm-hmm. them and so I think what we're going to do is is have them made in the in fiberglass, yeah what for whatever reason, the Americans none of us have been very good at at fiberglass technology, which is also it's a different form of polyester but yeah. You know, the Europeans have amazing fiberglass. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, uh, these the Slovenians, they just do great fiberglass volumes. And so in America, there's no excuse. It's not like there's not fucking fiberglass mm-hmm. car body shops in every city in right. this country. Just no American, none of us, none of the shapers have ever really kind of just worked on it until we got it right. So we finally basically Waltopia, they had a huge fiberglass kind of department and it was mediocre And then we were over there last, Jack and I were there last summer and they just got it right. It's just a fucking killer. No, like volumes with flanges are so lame. I cannot believe (laughs) everybody's okay with that. Are you (laughs) fucking, like that's having the frame of the car outside of the car. What, Mm -hmm. why am I looking at the structural frame of this climbing old? So fuck flanges, you don't need that. That's okay. ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, so I'm really picky and we just wait until, until there's something i just loved everything about. So, mm-hmm. um, but of course it's a European company. Yeah. There's still, there's a new American volume company and they're still using polyurethane over fiber, which is what the Americans have kept, oh. they keep trying to do that. It's incredibly tough. But Seems like it. now we've back to this kind of soapy. Like that's the one thing about urethane that's kind yeah. of a bummer.
0: It gets soapy. Yay, it's yeah, it's just a
3: little bit. It is. It's a little slicker. It's not as tacky. Bye. So, um, the Americans are still making that mistake, and the Europeans have it down. As of right it's now, they just they're just doing better. So we're finally importing. They're doing better with the urethane. With fiberglass. Uh, yep. So we're finally importing that. Um. Uh. And yeah, that's just an accident. There are all these little accidents of design. Yeah. Like there's no logical reason that, that we, the Americans don't rock and fiberglass ages ago, but.
0: I mean, as a small little, as I guess not, maybe not small, but I, I guess as a hold shop, is there like an element of like, we're trying to, you know, keep the business going and not necessarily have these experiments that end up failing, you know, like that seems like something oh, that's yeah, difficult yeah. to yeah, yeah, yeah. to balance. Uh, Oh,
3: I've thrown away so like I, I, these guys hate the rest of the company. They get pretty mad at me because I will invest tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. in a line of holds or something, and if it comes back, oh, thank, thank you, um, Jackie. Just brought in some stickers. Oh my yes. god, they're so stickers.
0: sick too. Yes. Um, holy shit.
3: Yeah, like I mean, dude, it, I don't care if the hold comes back. Like I said, that entire line's taken us a year and mm-hmm. cost us tens of thousands of dollars. That the tufa line, and there's a lot about it that I love, but I'm not quite sure like yeah. it, like I, I'll I these guys all know I'll cancel any hold at any time L- we'll get one back that yeah. I've fucked up like I just did the texture wrong or something mm-hmm. and like that's a $5,000 mistake I'll see the first copy like nope we're never releasing that fuck that this is done and so uh, but I don't know what else to do. Like I'm not just cause you spent $5,000. You can't
1: the, put out an inferior yeah, it's product.
3: Bullshit. It's bullshit. Sorry. I
1: wanted to talk about that. Like w- what fuck ups, what mistakes? Cause we, we can talk about your successes all day long. They're fucking mm. Legion. There's a lot of them. So, but I want to talk about, the fuck-ups that taught you the biggest lessons in your 30-year career. Like, what missteps did you take along the way where you're like, this is terrible? Like, <laughs> well, those modular, uh, the fractals. Yeah, yeah. That may have been a mistake back then, but look at...
2: Yeah, full you, They're back.
3: <laughs> yeah, actually, there's some... Well, there's somebody right now that is doing something similar, but they keep missing. I, every couple of years, I see somebody try a two-part hold, Yeah, but they keep missing the point. Mm-hmm. Like the top one just sits on top of the bottom one, but they don't actually interact and change with each other. I'm uh-huh. like, why are you doing this, dude? You're missing the point. So somebody's out there right now doing it. I was going to say,
0: I definitely think I know what holds you're talking about. I think he's
3: missing it. I can't. Unless I'm wrong. I can't see how he's hiding or exposing. You could think of a, there's all these ways you can do modular holds. You could have a turtle shell hold. You basically have an outer shell and you just change the shape of the turtle meat inside just you know you have a pocket or you just yeah. you keep uh-huh. switching out puzzle pieces that's an oh. interesting way i've just i've never gotten back to that one but that's an entire you go down that road that's yeah. an entire way to make modular holds right now i'm just really into just sti- you just stack them you just stick them next to each yes. other and there's plenty to do there but in still. 10 different variations right yeah well um what i'm trying to do is operate on um, i mean you know as a designer always trying to build intelligent systems, right? I mean, that's, you look for the designs that interact the most, you can build the most out of them. It's just, the yeah. you know, um, if, if they're just if you just have two holds, like, I like, I heard secondhand that there's a there's some setter It's a friend of mine, he should know better. But he's like, Oh, no, I'm not getting those kilter stacks. Because what if I lose the the, the part B that stacks with part A? I'm like, you fucking moron. I, it's not like I would actually do that to all of us. I would have only one yeah. piece fit. Like, no, no. There, it's 90 degrees <laughs> and then 100 degrees and 110, 120, 130. So they are these varying, you know, yeah. I operate on 10 degrees at a time. So any 90 sticks with any 90 and any 110 sticks with any 110 sloper side. And in fact, if you have a 90 degree, let's, let's say it's a, if it's 20-degree in-cut hold. Okay. Okay, so we've got 90 is is a flat hold, a yes. flat wafer. flat edge. Okay, 20 degrees makes it a 110-degree mm-hmm. angle. Now that's a 20-degree a in-cut. In-cut, yeah. So the other side, if you really want to block it perfectly, that's yeah. a 70-degree uh-huh. sloper. Or put a 60 or start to open that up. Yeah. so open that up by 10 degrees now mm-hmm. you've got a 10 degree open mm-hmm. slot or open it up by 20 because that's yeah. that's different and open up by 30 so everything more um more obtuse than that yeah. or anything more opened up so now now you're building seams which we were talking about I yes. think before turning yeah. the bike on or, or slots we we're just talking about slots you know when we're climbing outside on rock how much since we're we're really climbing on the results of erosion i mean that's yeah, really right. we're climbing on some broken something yeah um, maybe if it's columnar, uh, you know, um, a- a- an igneous intrusion, we're climbing on that, but for the, even on a columnar piece, we're probably climbing on the cracks that have happened later. Yeah. So we climb on cracks and seams constantly, and we don't on plastic at all mm-hmm. or v- super rarely. So let's stop that. And, and if, if you, if you want to build a seam in one hold, if you want to build a really tight seam, yeah. it actually is too narrow and it destroys the mold. So the, 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 the silicone mold that you use. So as a designer, I think one of the things that keeps me really fascinated is design is real industrial design. It's about the factory and the, and the process too. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. So, um, like with, like with texture. You can start out with one of the, one of the many problems with texture is if you start out too rough, it just gets that much rougher. It gets too rough too quickly. So if, if you start out with something, it's a little bit rough uh, yeah. the first day of the mold, it tends to erode in the mold. And so uh, if it's really, if, it, if it's kind of a rough medium, the first day, it's going to suck. in in a couple of months in in 30 or 50 pours it's going to be it's going to be one of those holes and we all know them that you grab inside you're like god this is kind of crazy like why is this plastic hold this aggressive this is Mm -hmm. not this doesn't need to be like this this sucks that's a lot of times it's because they just chose the wrong original foam your starting point was a little off so i'm always trying to find a not too smooth of a starting point but something that ages okay and
0: Man, that's like that's some serious years of experience stuff, I was right there. Just <laughs> thinking the exact same <laughs> like thing. You, uh, you would never know this stuff unless you've been doing it a long time. It's yeah. like
3: it's so annoying. Every yeah. I, I, in fact, uh, I was gonna say I, I use a foam where every last batch of foam I've been buying from this source in California. I think it's a it's a design foam pro- probably for the film uh, they're, they're from, uh, Orange County. I think mm-hmm. it's a, I think they were using them Hollywood sets a lot. So it's expensive. Every last batch has been different. So I have to <laughs> get it, test it. Like I wire brush. I'll use different yeah. brushes now on this technique. It's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> and I really, really thought at this point, I would just yeah. have this one foam source and it would all be perfect. I should <laughs> not, I mean, I'm picking through foam like a fucking wood guy picking through pieces of mahogany or a stone guy picking, and it's it fucking through foam through like s- you're yeah. chopping down a tree this is not a piece of marble right this is chemistry building this yeah how the fuck is it still this different so that drives me crazy dude <laughs> last couple days I, I, every week every week I, I worry about texture it's all i worry about i swear <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking annoying balls
0: i mean yeah you you saying that Uh, you're coming up with all these new like modular designs kind of makes sense just because you know, you haven't sure you haven't made like every hold possible, but at this point you've got, you've kind of hit, I feel like the, the kind of foundational hold types, you know? And
3: well, I mean, like I said, slots, slots, like, I mean, really, Louis's done some good ones, and Ty's done like all of us have done a few, but I don't know, not that many. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I mean, really think about it. Like, there's not that many on your walls. Yeah, uh, I wonder if uh, that's so, because
1: they're they're not sexy in any way. They, <laughs> no, I, Ar- you,
3: arguably they're actually extra sexy.
2: You think they're um, extra sexy? They, I mean, uh, I
1: th- when I think of sexy holds, like <laughs> when I think when climbers think of them and setters think of <laughs> yeah, them, yeah, they're like, oh, I fucking want to put up the boss, the boss, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah, I want to put up big sloper or yeah. Your, yeah. Um,
3: Kaiju's, Yeah. W- yeah w- well, we use the Japanese word for monster, yes, for, which just means big hold, except the first ones we made were those kind of tubes. So a lot of people think those tubes are kaiju's. really any big hold from us as a okay. Kaiju, which I was really psyched to take that, that name. It's like, Oh, name. that's Very a great nice. name. I was watching <laughs> Pacific Rim and I'm yes. like, yes, yes. Kaiju. I love it. Oh, such a good <laughs> word. But yeah, people, when you say Kaiju, people do think it's those tubes, those big stubby rhino horns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those are iconic. Um, I got lucky. Um, I mean, really, but a slot requires, it. it's all about that accuracy. Like it, like right. a slot really requires you to be a better athlete, better hand-eye coordination, mm-hmm. better control of your body, better, more focus. Yes. You are a better athlete. Now no, that, totally. That's interesting. How often? And, and we don't have enough of them.
0: How often do you think about footholds? Constantly. I feel like footholds are actually the most. The most under- important hold? Yeah, very important yep. and also least diverse sometimes. Like, yep. gyms will have the, they'll have the spike, they'll have the slippery edges, Yeah, and then you kind of just see that. And I feel like outside, the types of feet that you encounter Dude. is just so diverse and not that well represented.
3: I, 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 you know, uh, yeah, like, I learned to climb in the 80s um, in Enchanted Rock, which Texas climbers will know as a, a place uh, west of Austin. And it's just granite domes. So... Yeah. I, l- I really learned to climb on slabs mm-hmm. and to the point where there was a little, what now are cool little bouldering areas around Waco, little limestone areas, but there were limestone caves. So we would go there and we would climb one line on the left mm-hmm. and one line on the right at the edges of the caves where it was vertical. And then we'd li- like, well, that's not. That's not rock climbing inside. Like That's I, so we interesting, yeah, I, yeah, we did, I didn't know how to climb overhangs. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you climbed overhangs <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> Who yeah. fucking does those Yeah. Things. So it was all, but it's all foot. Mm-hmm. It's all learning to trust mm-hmm. the shoes and the magic shoes mm-hmm. and the magic footwork. And I remember being in font, I climbed oh, very Jesus. little in font, but I do remember people p- kind of pointing to this section Yeah. Where uh, the whole, the whole wall is yeah. flat, but this one section has more texture. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. that's your foothold. Like, oh, that makes, I mean, it, you can't argue with the logic that your foot's definitely mm-hmm. going to stick to that more, but that's kind of insane. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how technical footwork gets outside. Right. Mm-hmm. And yes, we, we've all let you, we've all let ourselves and everybody down shapers, but not producing more and better feet, just more interesting, more varied feet. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I think about it all the time. I also think uh, it's kind of the easiest shape. The easiest thing in the world is to shape an interesting big hold. Just shape yeah. a giant flat yeah.
0: hold. It's yeah. Of
3: course it's going to be fun. It's giant flat hold. Okay. <laughs> or it's a giant sloper. Like, yeah. It's going to be cool. It's going to be
0: fun yeah, to play with.
3: Uh, shape... Shape a thousand, you know, things as big as your palm or smaller that are all good and interesting. That's the job of a shaper. That's, that's hard. That's
0: hard. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> and, and 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 if you just get started and do it, it eh, turns out it's not so hard. But it's you know that that's a professional shaper is shape, you know, it, uh, hundreds of interesting, uh, good yeah, and, footholds, and
0: each one having its own kind of like character or and and that you really use. You know,
3: yeah. Ty, Ty and I have both made. We've tended to make like a lot of E-grips were, they're just a little too small. The feature, we tried to make you toe into a pod, a Mm -hmm. little pod or a little pocket. Years later, I, I started to think, oh, we're shaping these kind of up close to our faces. You know, as you would do any piece of artwork. And so I started testing. Now I test footholds at full arm's length. I hold stuff down. Yeah, see what they look like. Yeah, how is that actually? Am I really actually going to toe into this? Mm -hmm. And it turns out the answer is no. If it's too small, you're just going to paste on this thing and jump off it. So, yeah, you really got to pay attention. It's easy to shape a kind of a fake hold like yeah the here's the idea is that you're gonna stand here but the reality is no that's not not, gonna fucking stand no you're not gonna fucking stand here so you you need to we have to shape larger discs more tapered discs yeah we have to spend a little more plastic Mm -hmm. which this entire endeavor it's hand in hand with setters
0: yes the setters
3: have to tell the boss man who writes the checks yeah holds spend a little more on holds and we'll because these footholds, why are these footholds all $4 now? Well, because if you really want to have to stand in this section, yeah. I, there's no other way to do it. You can do dual techs, mm-hmm. but you still have to... You, you know, one of my least favorite things is a dual techs hold that still comes down and hits the wall too steeply. Like, yeah. dude, I'm still standing on this. Yeah, I'm just, just not happy about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, yes, yes. Right, that's,
0: is, what are we doing here? I think you know? it's... I see a lot of parallels between root setting and hold shaping where a lot the root setter is like oh like this is gonna be so sick they're gonna do it like this and then mm-hmm. you have people four on it no one does it the way you thought it's exactly the like, same problem damn the same problem. yeah yeah i yeah i don't mm. i don't know
3: why every root setter isn't obsessed with shaping holds like ty and i got to, we got mm-hmm. into it because we were root setters
0: first you, you know, know i think you you kind of mentioned there being a wanting to start a well i, I guess when you're root setting, it's it's easy to be like, all right, I have the holds here, I can go out and do it. But the thought of starting to shape seems extremely opaque to me. Like I don't, yeah, I don't see, where do you even yeah, start? I don't I even don't see just,
3: that path. I, I, start with wood. Everybody wants to shape holds. If you have any interest in shaping holds, just get a belt sander, get mm-hmm. a drill press. And and scrap pieces of two by four off of a lumber yard and you can make, you start to make cool stuff. You okay. know, we, we just took, Ty just started taking a paddle bit mm-hmm. and flipping the hold over and, and drilling out spaces for a pocket and then taking other drill bits and just beating and away yeah. at it and making pockets. Ty started, I think Ty started really before me. I think he was first, between the two of us, he, he yeah, he shaped wooden holds. He found this crazy exotic African wood called vinhadico. I don't know if you know. It was, at, you know, it's Berkeley, California, so he found some uh, amazing little wood yeah. wood shop and he started shaping and it was the coolest wood, man. It was really light like balsa wood, but it was still strong. It had this cool texture and he just Ty just geeked out on the most technical pockets. Mm-hmm. He was he got really kind of good at pockets. So we would just do these big slopy two fingers with the tiniest catch Tiny in the catch, back. Yeah. Just sh- Shape holds out of wood and then you can weight them. You can make it and screw it on your wall yeah. and yank on it. And then the first thing you'll figure out is, oh shit, that is so much sharper than I wanted it to be. <laughs> right. Oh my God, that sucks. And then you, and so you just learn that you learn what sharp is just right away. And if you have a, like every, anytime I had a Woody growing up, we just start sticking those same two by fours, you know, but stick them to an overhanging wall and yeah fucking start and then and then yeah then there's foam and silicone um i mean i get contacted every week by somebody who wants to start shaping holds and i'm sure and young people are i'm old so uh i would never occur to me to just call someone up and ask them, Hey, how'd you start your, how do I start a company? Like you're just like, yeah, I, I would just clean <laughs> toilets until I was allowed to clean something other the next. Yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, the yeah, toilet. Oh, life. now you can clean the sink. Thank you. I um, would just, I, it would never occur to me just to call somebody up and ask them how, how do how I do start, start a, it? Yeah. Hey, how do uh, I make uh, records? Uh, uh, but people do. God bless them. <laughs> well, millennials call me all, call us every week, email us. Um, and a lot, it's changed now. A lot of more of them do want to kind of are curious about how to make their own holds. A couple of years up to a couple of years ago was always how do I just shape for people, and I still get that. I'm like, just don't, just don't assume you're going to shape for some other company. Mm-hmm. If you really are obsessed with this, then you save a couple thousand dollars and go buy some silicone, buy some plastic, and just start. And then yeah. you don't have to wait. You don't have to get permission to shape anything. You just shape shit for yourself, man. If you have a Woody, start making some plastic yeah. holds, and then that's all we did. I and Ty and I just like we we used to spend our Christmas money like yeah. multiple times. We ate burritos at Seven Eleven for Christmas because we just bought a five hundred dollar barrel of resin. You know, like but just if you just spend everything on if you really want to do it, you spend everything on it, and you'll you'll get some cool lumps of plastic. Yeah. And you probably get a bunch of crap, but you'll learn.
1: And you'll also find out if it's fucking the road for you. Yeah, if you're passionate yeah. about it. Yeah.
3: If you if you if you continue to love it, you'll breathe the foam, you'll get yeah. covered with the plastic, you'll have to, you know, use acetone to try to get clean your shoes and what all that yeah. shit. And then you'll still want to do it? Okay, cool. You're into shaping. Did what? you ever Oh sorry, I didn't no,
1: mean no, to no, cut go you ahead, off. Go ahead. Um Do you ever reflect on the Fact that you discovered at nineteen a career path that you have never fallen out of love with, and how not lucky it is not lucky, but how just like fucking hashtag blessed. I don't know. Well, just well, like, I mean, luck and blessed, right? I mean, so Think so about I, that. Yeah, ever? yeah. It's
3: fucking nobody finds their passion at nineteen. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I do. Th- I mean, I think about how lucky I am a lot. I mean, I like you know died, nearly died on the street, no deed and froze to death and all kinds of shit. Lots of times. You have
1: called yourself the luckiest person. You know, I,
3: I am absolutely. And and just to be able to function and still have a life after, you know, smoking that much crack and injecting that much meth. That's crazy, <laughs> but it's everything. I mean, I lost 20 IQ points, but I, I'm okay. I get by. You seems know? like you're bouncing back yeah. pretty yeah, good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, so I'm yeah. Crazy lucky. Uh. I, so I do remember um, I remember talking to Tommy Caldwell once uh, years ago outside of the rock club or something one night. And Tommy was talking about how he he didn't know life without climbing. Yeah, And I realized right then, I'm like, oh, as much as I love climbing and am a climber, there's actually, I, 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 I was really conscious. I'm like, oh, I have that in my life, but it's not climbing, it's art. art. It's artwork, mm-hmm. yeah. And I should go, I should, Really take this seriously. I'd already been shaping and uh, what is this I, early 90s? Yeah, this is somewhere in the 90s. I mean, I'd already started e grips, but um, it just made me appreciate it. I, I was, I, d- I drew a lot growing up and and I really identified with it. And I, it, you know, it I had a pretty rough upbringing, it was a pretty messy life, and so I hid in drawing quite yeah. a bit. And so, I was pretty good by the end of high school, I was selling portraits and stuff, and I was doing, I was drawing for money and for appreciation and love and all this stuff. And for the wrong reason, I was not drawing, I was not making artwork for artwork. I'd stepped across the line. I was making it for money and accolades. It's addictive. Well, and I, and and I was really burnt out. And I, so I, Mm -hmm. by 18, I did not think I was gonna make a living as an artist. And then I I just went climbing and then kind of came back to, um, stumbled back into, into art by shaping, not by drawing anymore. I had that conversation with Tommy right at about 28, about 10 years later. And that was actually when I stopped making holds and went, to, went back to fine art, which worked really well, yes. so well that I could have a massive Dude, cocaine habit gotta and talk. destroy God. my life. Had you, had you done a
1: lot of sculpture before that? Or no. did you take it straight from shaping and you're like, I'm gonna fucking start I was, building. I
3: was, it was shaping climbing holes and then climbing holds are getting increasingly ornate. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, I did a series. Uh, I, I, you know, like I said, I, I couldn't go to college. I'm, I'm really just, I just can't deal with classrooms, but what I did do is, is go to the CU library a lot and just check out a lot of books and just, mm-hmm. just whatever, gave myself some kind of arts education. And, uh, so I got really obsessed with, um, I'm going to forget their names, but, uh, the Baroque period sculptors, um, when they, when the, people were doing marble sculptures of like you know mother mary or jesus uh covered in um uh like cloth so so yes. it, it was a marble sculpture of a hand, of an entire body covered in cloth so i started doing climbing holds <laughs> that were you know hands covered covered in drapes of cloth and with a vein under in the hand i'm like what am i doing
2: <laughs> you know going off the rails <laughs> oh
3: <laughs> yeah that's a climbing hold that i've just <laughs> Right. Maybe I should separate these two a little bit more. Yeah. So I was doing that. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What? Is, all right. I could. I think if I'm gonna do this much, I should probably be doing. If I made this in bronze, if I did this same hand in bronze, I'd probably get more money than nine dollars for a climbing yeah. hold and it's an annoying climbing hold it's actually not so you get successful. some appreciation
1: out of yeah. it too yeah. jason so,
0: kail would like it
3: yeah yeah so it's right in that period and then i had that conversation with tommy and then basically uh, a friend of mine was doing some stone sculpture and he just showed me how the tools worked and I was just like, oh, rad. You can actually kind of, that's cool. I can rip into, st- it's a, definitely slower than foam, but yeah. it's not as slow as I thought it was. What, you're using just like Dremels? like Yeah, I used like grinders and diamond tools and Dremels and stuff. And and partly because I had no formal education, I started doing a type of sculpture and a certain forms that meant a lot to me. And they were not normal and in a good way. Yeah. So basically at, people really responded to my stone sculpture and I just sold every thing that I made and, and career kind of took off. How do you, we were talking yeah, we're about talking. this on the car ride. You know, I'm Lynn is a,
1: you know, has had gallery shows yeah, as a she, painter and stuff. Yeah, so she's I, great. She's really talented, beautiful as, illustrator. She's going to love to hear that. Yeah, I um, mean, great work as a sculptor though, before the internet, before social media, are you
3: going to like galleries? Yeah. yeah it's and, horrible it's a yeah. <laughs> horrible experience uh it it took it, it, i say i sold everything i made not for the first couple of years for the first couple of years until i could mm-hmm. k- crack into the gallery scene uh basically you know you go around especially i didn't go to college so like oh yeah yeah did you go to RISD? like oh i did not yeah they're like yeah we don't have time to talk to you uh, so mm-hmm. just uh, just you're just cold calling galleries okay and and asking them permission and they're so annoyed because goofy little artists come in every day and most people are not very good and and they don't know you and, and they just laugh in your face and go, Oh, we're not taking artists. Like, yeah, actually this is a business. And yeah, you definitely fucking are. You just don't aren't taking me because you don't believe that whatever I have in this book is worth looking at. And so I had one experience in Boulder at like a coffee shop show. Like that's where you start. You Mm -hmm. just start putting art on the walls of a coffee shop. Sure. And if you're lucky, it starts selling. And mine did. Um, but it still took a while, like another year. I kept pitching this gallery in Boulder. It's like the best art gallery in Boulder, and I kept walking in. And I kept running into the same woman who kept telling me to fuck off. And for, and one day, politely, but and without those words, but yeah, definitely get the fuck out of here. And one day, I was just, I was just like, dude, uh, I know my shit's good, good yeah. enough to be in here. And I, and oh you you know, before the internet, basically, it was just all slides. So I had, I had some photographer friends who helped me and took nice images. So I just took a page out of a slide and just ripped a page out of of a sketchbook. And I said, I know we can do business together. I know my work can work here. I'm not gonna come back. This is the last time I'm gonna, I can't take this anymore. I'd been in there like three or four times. And I left it and I got a call like that night. They're like, oh my God, we've been trying to find you for a year. What? damn woman I kept talking to just hadn't, she didn't give a fuck and didn't care. And the other, the manager, the gallery manager, like, yeah, we saw your stuff across the street a year ago. I've been trying to find you. Whoa. So that's a, that's oh a great God. little story for don't give, you never know. Yeah. Like, I was, it was brutal. I mean, it would go into these galleries and it would take a month to recover before I pitched the next one.
1: Yeah,
0: man. That's, it, it sucks. We're, it's fucking, it's, it sucks. Uh, torturous belief in yourself well, it, is Yeah, what really, it is. You're literally it, yeah. presenting like your kind of your heart to Yeah, them, right? Yeah. You're yeah. Like, yeah There's
1: vulnerability that is not comfortable. The, I, I don't feel like. No.
3: I mean, we were, again, we were talking before the mics were on about, about being edited, uh, you know, writing. and, and Yeah. It I'm sucks. sorry. Writing is pouring your soul on your page too i mean you're 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 walking in there you are it it, it is you're it's unsaid this yes. is the best i can do yeah i mean you're only going to go in there yeah. with whatever you think is <laughs> That's so right. you just come in and said this is the best expression <laughs> of me this is the best i could possibly do what do you think yeah and, i hate uh, it yeah oh, no one will ever want this yeah this this is the best you can do and it sucks get out of here so yeah it's horrible but after that um everything just i got i i tended to get in galleries any gallery i pitched after a while after another year or two of that and maybe who knows maybe the confidence changed or whatever but um yeah uh and then and because i was you know i was just selling these i mean basically especially sculpture if you're gonna take a corner of your living room and put a rock in it you probably have money (laughs) exactly you know you just exactly fucking Uh. right you're you have real estate in your giant house. In your house, you you think you does yeah. The, your house is big enough, and you deserve to put a rock on a on a pedestal and pay five or ten thousand dollars for it. Then you have money.
1: Yes, yeah, so and you're I, in a totally different fucking I, time zone with right. this,
3: these people with money. All of a sudden, yeah, yeah. Because I grew up poor as fuck, and I was I've, up until just recently I haven't had any money. I've been an irresponsible adult forever, and so I just didn't have money in my life and then and i'd never done cocaine and uh not really i think it once in high school and i wasn't impressed well yeah so now i had sometimes like i left ten thousand dollars in fresh cash at the base of the beast and rifle for a for like 12 hours i forgot it in a backpack i'm like i i don't know i think i had ten thousand dollars oh that's right it's it was just laying there at the base of the beast. Right, because I just sold Fuck, a big. I piece. gotta start rifling through people's Rifle, packs. <laughs> through beat up old
1: backpacks. You never know who
3: has ten thousand cash. I could crazy. So yeah, dude, I just had people just give me. I mean, not always. Sometimes it's five hundred or twelve hundred dollars or fifteen, but sometimes it's five or ten thousand bucks. And, and then yeah, and then I had a yeah, a, a yeah. party in Boulder. And I was definitely impressed with cocaine this time. Yeah, and uh, I just loved it. And I had all this cash, and then is it that just because the machinery
1: is changing in your head when you start making that kind of money? Oh, no. Like, did anything change? No, it
3: was just an accident. I just never, it was again just an accident of life. I just happened to run into, I had a nine year relationship that ended because she was just finally sick of me. And like a lot of young men, I'm like, oh, we're off and on again and this will work out. But she was like, no, 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 I'm really seriously, I'm done this time. (laughs) And that hit me all at once. It was 2001. And then I had cash and then I discovered drugs, you know, that kind of drug. And that was, and then it was about 10 years. That was like 2001, and then I was in prison by 2010. So it was a pretty good bookended decade (laughs) of of just driving a airplane into the ground, you know, slowly, slowly and surely. While
0: you were uh, sculpting the fine art stuff, were you still doing holds as well, or was it? Did you switch focus? uh, uh, No,
3: yeah, basically just just, no, yeah, fuck climbing (laughs) holds, yeah, fuck e-grips, fuck all that. And Ty actually quit e-grips too. We both just Mm -hmm. walked away. Ty, Ty started uh, monolithic sculptures, or he kind of. He kind of started working with it and ended up with the company. And MSI was—we built concrete. I worked for him a bunch. Uh, we discovered you could you could do styrofoam. You could basically pop pop some steel in a concrete slab, Glue giant pieces of styrofoam to that, then use hot wires to cut the styrofoam away and then shoot concrete over that. Mm-hmm. Real Disney world kind of yeah. process, but you can make Fontainebleau and you can make Waco tanks and you can climb on it. Like wow. we can make wow. anything we wanted for climbing. So yeah. we were both, Ty and I were both fucking super in love with that process. So he went and started doing that for like RAIs and making yeah. it in kids' yes. parks and stuff. And we would get to do little sections of those walls. Like I can walk you over to an REI and show you a little section that has pockets in it. And you're oh. like, oh, this is incredible. But you step back and it's a giant lump of concrete yeah. covered with goofy. So we would treat ourselves to little sections of these projects all across the country um, where we just do incredibly cool holds. Mm-hmm. And, but you never, we never got to build a bouldering park like we wanted because the customers uh, would yeah. just – nobody ever – just gave us here's half a million dollars. Here's a million cash and do make a, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah, I haven't given up. I think one. Uh-huh. I think I'll go back to that. Eventually, I'll make a couple of concrete boulders in the backyard. Not
0: somewhere. not to get too far away from your yeah. your backstory, but uh, in Iowa, there's a small little town that the park built these freestanding boulders. Sure. And one of my friends went and checked them out, and like they have legitimate. Holds and he's been putting up like first descents on these little, and it's really cool. I mean, for areas with no real rock, is that Rod? Yeah, Rod, he's he's, (laughs) dude, that's
3: awesome. Yeah, I mean, when we were growing up in high school, uh, like I said, now around Waco, Texas, there's little limestone areas, Mm -hmm. but we didn't really, we were the ones who had to discover them. So Ty and I learned to climb. We spent a lot of time climbing on like churches and a, a yeah. goofy little, oh, uh, little grade school. Yeah, yeah, building. Buildings. So we were always in artificial climbing. Yes. And so, yeah, like um, Jack and I went and visited this piece that Ty designed and we we carved in Aspen. And this is 15 years ago now. And it's it's right at the edge of downtown. Okay. And it's, it's a kid's park, but there are... Dope V nines on that thing like <laughs> yeah. super dope yeah that's big wrist slopey waco awesome. tanks rails like <laughs> we we actually made it too hard we kind of we kind of covered it with really like like a v6 seven eights and nines and stuff and so these kids kind of run up and down one mm-hmm. one or two paths but oh, it's, man. it's covered in chalk um
0: i bet it's a wow. hard project yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, probably I bet is. it is. That's really cool.
3: Yeah, it's rad technique. So, uh, and I we still want to pursue. I still want to pursue that. Um, Ian Glass is now, which some people will know is kind of like the glass roof in Waco, named mm-hmm. after Ian. Um, he's picked up that technology. So now Ian okay. Glass has a company from, is he in not Durango? Oh, God damn it! One of those towns over there, and he's doing that stuff. But I think he's still. I think he still hasn't gotten to build a bouldering park. Yes. You, know, you think of like the Big like Big Bend or something, like a, mm-hmm. an elegant yeah, yeah. little bouldering park with like nine amazing yes. blocks. Yeah, we, yeah. None of us have ever gotten to build it yet.
0: That's a good point. But that, we will. That, that, One day. I like that a lot. Yeah, that'd yeah, be yeah. fucking cool. And, um, and,
3: and they, can't be, they, they can't be covered in plastic holes. Like when, mm-hmm. when the parks build these things and then put T nuts in them and put red and yellow holes in them. Like, like please, Buena Vista. Yeah.
1: Vista has a At, little outside bouldering park next yeah. to their fucking kayaking play park. And I
3: think Ian's company built that, but you know sometimes the customers just demand these peanuts yes. yes. and yeah. he does, he doesn't I don't think he wants to do that either. Mm-hmm. Like we that's not cool, but the customer, you know, I mean if you know, he's got a little company, so if they're giving him a couple hundred thousand, too, he's going to do it. Yes. Fuck yeah. Um you if you if they're concrete projects, if you look around, you will find really cool holds. That somebody mm-hmm. took, That's you know, really twenty minutes to to Just hand like, oh, sculpt so this like, pretty great little again slot or pocket mm-hmm. or something. Yeah.
1: Wow. Um. So we don't have to talk too much about prison, but when when you're in, you're sobered up.
3: Yeah. What you, you can stay high in prison, but it's a lot of work. And I was really happy to be sober once I got a shot. Like yeah, I, I wanted to get a needle out of my arm, but I couldn't take exactly. it exactly. Prison I couldn't get it out of my arm. Yeah, and so when I was arrested, they threw me. I got to, you know, people talk about going to rehab and shit like these really cool, like shady pines rehab <laughs> for $12,000 a day. Yeah, I was thrown naked in a room with a hole in the floor. For nine days with like two cups of water a day and like a bologna oh, sandwich. Like Arapahoe no. County, they're not interested in your rehab. Yeah, right. They're like, yeah, dude, you're you're done. Here's a room. And that's how I got sober.
0: Like, to make
1: as much noise as you cool. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you bash your head. And man,
0: I, but yeah, withdrawal symptoms are pretty d- potentially dangerous. Right? Yeah, you they well, certainly that
3: the heroin the heroin kids are rough, man, when they're yeah. coming down. That sucks. I I banged heroin and I hated it. Th- thankfully, yeah, uh, I was always into the uppers. So coming off of speed, yeah, it sucks, but it's not as painful as the opiates. Mm-hmm. Coming off of that, I mean, you've just destroyed your pain receptors and you've just muddied the waters of what it is to feel good. Meth and crack and stuff, yeah, you've done that, but in a different way, and mm-hmm. it's—I don't think it's as hard. Even, I mean, you can't inject more meth than I was injecting. You cannot do more drugs than I was doing. You can't, <laughs> you just can't. <laughs> well, when you do sober up, what are
1: your thoughts? What do you think? This is what I, I really want to ask the I question know. about. Like, I I mean, I, I, I've
3: been in the clink, but I have been yeah. in prison. Well, I, I mean, I spent a year in counties cause I <laughs> could so many fucking cases, uh, I, I, mean, I was looking at eight to twenty-four years. Like yeah, we were. It was bad. So we you're not thinking about your future. No, well, at well, that time. Uh, what I was going to say is, for me, uh, I could do pull-ups and I could read. I could read a sentence and then I could read a page and then I could read a book. And so, and I'd really missed. I mean, if you don't sleep for three years, your IQ really plummets. Yeah. Right. And so I was a real functional moron and just a desperate. <laughs> such a desperate. <laughs>
1: Desperate zombie. The title of the uh, podcast is yeah. Be called Ian Powell, functional one.
3: <laughs> yeah, sure. Do it. That's perfectly <laughs> a, appropriate. Um, I was so uh, you know, like I said, I wanted to quit. The people that I knew, the junkies that I saw that that got clean were the ones, the ones where it would stick. That you had to turn in a year or two of real living hell. Like, oh my god, I do not want to be doing this anymore, and right. I cannot stop. And those people, when they get a shot at sobriety, that tends to stick. Yeah. So I was one of those people. Like I just, it was such a horrible life. Um. So then I could read again, and then I could do pull-ups again, and and then I was pretty psyched. I was yeah. pretty fucking entertained. You know, I read a hundred and twenty books locked up, and that's more than I'd read since high school i'm sure you know so uh for me for me it was a monastic experience for me i i I turned two years of lockdown into the most positive thing i possibly could yeah um you end up with a lot of control real counties counties are kind of a mess you'll definitely you can you can fight a lot you have to fight a fair amount in counties and stuff it's kind of a mess and prison um you can still get into real wrecks, but the wrecks get bigger. Like you, you don't get fucking. People aren't putting uh, pieces of metal from the bunk up in their ass to stab you with in county. Yeah. For the most part, I'm sure in Orange County or, you know, uh, you know Atlanta or Chicago, I'm sure it's terrible. But in Colorado, those counties aren't that rough. In real prison, it's everything clicks up to be a lot more serious. So. You end up with a lot of control, a lot of manner. You you have a very high mental kung fu. You're super aware of everything you do, everything, every moment. Who who's in the room clocking you? What's going on? How does this have consequence? You know what can happen from every word you Which say. Which direction is the manipulation coming from? Yeah, at any given yeah, moment? yeah, 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 man. I thought there'd be one out of ten really interesting people that were kind of like me. Like not that I'm really interesting, but uh uh there because of basically you know uh depression issues i mean you know i've got a i've got a pretty lucky level of bipolar but you know i mean i've got brain chemistry for sure that uh that and growing up in just such a chaos and such a wreck and such a level of self-hate and all that just kind of you know shit self-esteem and all that just kind of conspired when i discovered drugs and it all just kind of I mean, it's my fault that you know, I got there, but those are kind of the reasons I get in there. I thought that there'd be a lot of people with depression issues that were really just wanted to do pull-ups and read books. I thought there'd be one out of 10. Yeah, definitely not. Not
1: even close.
3: <laughs> yeah. What, my my takeaway in the end was, okay, um, <laughs> this country has to make learning uh, sexy or fun. Just that, because these like these kids, not only were they, you know, some of them were just straight, didn't have the hardware, you know, they just, they were not blessed with a, with a reasonable hardware, but a lot of them were fine or could be fine everybody from the block, everybody, all their friends, their family members, you know, I, I knew dudes that were sharing a cell with their own father, you know, yes. for, for cooking speed. Just um, a wreck, right? So everybody they know, maybe their mom's in prison. I mean, all of that. So, okay, you've got that. Maybe you've got the hardware, but that's all you know. And that's they, it. They can't even see outside. They have no idea what the, what, they, they don't know who David Foster Wallace is. And so I, I my takeaway was like, oh, God damn it. We've got to make curiosity and wanting to learn yes. about anything i talk to these kids and i'm like dude at least learn how to steal a car. like learn something learn how to crack a safe i can teach you how to do credit cards like learn <laughs> learn, learn a skill in here do something this yeah. is crazy you just you just gang bang it and yeah just ride it back on the street and of course there's a bunch of dudes that are in there for for you know dudes that are really hustling you know it's hard to deal for a long time dope and not get caught up because there's so many snitches everywhere. Dudes get caught up in the case and the cops are just like, Hey, you can stay on the street. No worries, homie. You can be, you can be high in 20 minutes. You'd be out back getting high. We'll give you some cash, but we're going to need you to snitch on it. So we had like six cases, six snitches on our case. We were surrounded by people. So, um, no matter how good of a hustler you are, you're probably gonna do time if you stay in that game. You fucking are. It's just the right. way it is. And I, I think eventually you become comfortable with that fact. Oh, that that's interesting. You say that. Yeah, I knew I was going to prison. Yeah, I, exactly. You perfect example. Oh, we fully knew it. I mean, oh, i I'd we'd see the I had, it had an FBI guy come up to me in a shop. You know, some kind of Fed come up and just go, "Hey, homie, how's it going?" <laughs> And I just looked at him and looked at his government plates on his, ta- on his car. We were the only two people in this fucking hardware store. I was there to rob it. He was there to stop stop me at like 8 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. This happens all the time. I'm at a cash register and a, and a six foot two fed with a um you know crew cut just walks in the shop out of his government car. Doing? Hey, how's it going? Yeah,
1: exactly. I'm going to stand here until you walk out that fucking yeah.
3: front door oh this yeah this this is normal interaction at a cash register exactly. i'm like exactly great and turn back to the cash register like hey i forgot oh my gosh my i wallets I, in my oh my wallets in my, my, my land rover yeah and the and that stolen car i'm driving <laughs> and definitely being tracked by the feds out front so i'm oh gonna my go yeah yeah so week, you knew it was coming oh my god dude we were yeah and of course uh you're super paranoid if you're shooting, you're slamming dope, Fuck. you're a wreck. So yeah. you think you're being followed, but then you actually are being followed. <laughs> <laughs> like we were, we were followed by this purple Audi. I'm like, yeah, what? That's a custom car color. And then like 18 months later, I'm I'm going to court in one of the counties, and oh cool, there's a purple Audi in the head detective's parking spot oh that I pass God. on the prison bus. I'm like, Damn. I fucking knew that out he was following what? us that's a cocky fucking cop right
1: there that's a cocky detective. They're, they're hilarious dude. that's
3: awesome I, I had a friend and when you're locked up you get so many fucking crazy stories and i had a friend who was he was stealing shit he was living down in tucson and he was fucking with the cartels and he had figured <sighs> out he had figured out how to take cars and boats and shit off of the trains that were parked there so he at would the yards yeah yeah he would like unload yeah cards and boats and drive them across so he was and then he was then he was printing money all kinds of shit. so he's at this this super quentin tarantino scene he's just at this lone phone booth in the middle of the desert you know this kind of like by yeah. a diner and he oh said he was just God. on the booth because he's taking a call from the cartel guys that are t- you know he's at this booth at a certain time to get a call to mm-hmm. unload these these trucks yeah. and boats And he just, and there's no cars, but he just watches this truck drive up this dirt road just right at him. He's just on the phone talking to the cartel and his truck's driving, driving, driving. Sure enough, truck just pulls up next to the phone booth. A couple of plainclothes guys get out and come around and knock on the phone. (laughs) Oh my God. Knock on the phone booth. He's like, like, hey, I got to go. Yeah, he slips it open. He's like, yeah. They're like, (laughs) hey, don't you think it's time to shut it down? (laughs) And then they just get in their car and drive away. And Holy like, shit! Great, that's great. That's the world you're is, in, man. Is this a tapped phone? What am I doing? Yeah. Oh, the cartels are going to kill me if I don't deliver the trucks. You know. Yeah, it's a mess. So the the cops will occasionally fuck with that line. They'll walk right up to you and say yeah. some shit. Uh, I think that they're. And it's a game for them. God bless them.
0: They're yeah. You know, they're just so, playing a game. They're being entertained. So, Ian, how did? <laughs> So you come out of jail after nine or ten uh, years of... Real prison, thank real you very prison. much. Excuse yeah. me. If I'm you go sorry. to prison
3: and if you stick a needle in your arm, you do end up with a little bit of... There's a junkie pride. Like, hey.
1: <laughs> this wasn't counting. Yeah,
3: I don't smoke drugs. You smoke fish. You smoke ham. <laughs> I fucking shoot drugs. Like, you don't, don't okay. tell me you're... Into, yeah, so. <laughs> I was a junkie me. went to
0: prison. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how did you fucking build all this, man. It's yeah. so, it's insane. Yes. I told
3: you I'm the luckiest dude I know. Well, um, So. That process of reassembly though. Yeah, what's what the? That's it. Yeah, that, I uh, I basically got out. So I, I started writing. I mean, I I was a John Doe. I disappeared from Boulder because I didn't want the Boulder people to see me go through this. Mm-hmm. They'd seen, so my friends had started to see me have a real problem with, with a real tragic problem with cocaine. Uh-huh. But and I just wouldn't stop and it was just a train wreck. And you know, I stopped working, stopped doing sculptures. I lost my townhouse. I mean, it was just a wreck. So then by the time I was stuck a needle in my arm that like, I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm out of here. I'm gonna go to just streets of yeah. Denver. So I just disappeared. So nobody really knew where I was. And then I got locked up and I somehow, I got a letter out to to the spot. I think I wrote a letter to the spot and ended up Andrew Clinkenbeard got the letter, and Andrew was kind of the first climber person to answer me and say, "Hey man, glad you're alive." And yeah, a lot of people. I think my own family when they heard I was locked up, they were psyched. You know, oh I yeah, was, god, I mean, I'm you were, sure, I they were so super, happy. Yeah, yeah, they they were. yeah, the, my whole family says, "God, we were so happy they, you were locked up." Yeah. And now I understand that I relate. Um, and then so Dan Howley, the spot really took me back. Dan Howley was like, yeah, man, when you get out, you know, let's see if you can get to Boulder and we'll give, we'll give you a job sweeping yeah. the gym. And they did like, they just let me vacuum the gym. And so the climbing world took me back. Um, not, not all of it. There's a few people, in Boulder, there's a, there's a fair amount of people in Boulder that I think are completely mm. good on me. Like I am fucking good on that dude. No, thank you. <laughs> and that's fine. I don't give a fuck about them either, but, uh, uh, and, and I, I'm not mad at them. Like I can't, I could never be, um, I could never be bitter about somebody saying, fuck that. That's insane. It's I can it. It's broken relationships. Yeah. Yeah, mean, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm lucky that there's not a lot it. more. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, I, I, I never got along with a lot of people in Boulder anyway. So, uh, but, um, a a bunch of people, the spot was a real family place for me. So, um, they took me back and then Dan Howley bought me, you know, the owner of the spot, one of the owners, it's really his place. Uh, he bought me some foam one day and he was like, man, I think you should try shaping holds again. I think you love that stuff. Get behind this wall. Yeah. Yeah. This (laughs) dust. Do you remember that behind (laughs) the spot? Yeah, man. Um, and I tried it and I was like, yeah, I do love this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we just started. Tim Fairfield was a, is a really old friend. Nice. Tim, he, he calls me and Dan one day. He's like, hey, um, I hope you guys actually started that hold company because I just sold $10,000 worth of your holds. Do you have a name?
4: Whoa. So he basically he
3: was consulting with gyms and he told somebody that I you know, had a hold company. Dan and I had a hold company together. I don't know. If, I don't think Whoa. we had a name. Fuck. And so he's like, I got a $10,000 check for you. Um, so I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. So we're like, well, for oh, oh, oh. <laughs> let's pump the brakes here
1: for a second. Yeah. Um, everybody knows who Timmy Fairfield is. I'm sure yeah. I don't need to talk about that to the listeners. I don't he know. He sold is. your, t- he's like a New Mexico climber who's uh, one of the great like rebel, badass, his do his own yeah. thing okay. climbers he, um, he
3: owns Chalk Cartel yep what's the pad company it's not I don't oh. remember he's done a bunch of gym Z- work Z- too. he's really mad at me for not remembering the name of the pad company I'm sorry brother oh <laughs> fu- futurist so gym consulting future I mean he was a world cup climber he was one of the f- only Americans him and Jim Carn is one of the Americans to go and do World Cups and just live in France in the 90s and just commit to it. That's awesome. Late late 90s, early
1: 2000s was like big name. Okay. Big huge name in climbing. Now he still is for industry and Um, But did he sell those holds on your name? Yeah. So sight unseen. Yeah. It's like Uh, Ian Powell's got a new company, write me a $10,000 check. (laughs)
3: I'll bet it was probably, I don't think, I don't think I was well enough. It was probably to a gym customer. He just said, trust me, my, my homie has a hold company and you're going to want these holds. And he's as core as they come anyway. So his fucking
1: word is worth a
3: ton. Yeah. So he's basically like, look, you have a whole budget. Um, I, one of the, uh, give me 10,000 of your hundred thousand dollar budget. Give me 10 for this. So, um, so then, so that's why we started with small holds every, when I've started company, you know, hold companies, um, I've done it. I, I, done a couple of little projects and i always start with small holds because you can do a lot for the same money like how mm-hmm. many if i did if we did uh how many bosses would ten thousand dollars <laughs> buy like <laughs> yeah. not that many yeah in silicone and plastic and everything so we did like 350 or something you know small crimps and hands and mini jugs and footholds and everything mm-hmm. and then we took and then we went to aragon and Air, i mean it was because you know i mean because this was was he grips aragon was like all right you're you're back. I heard some weird shit about you, but okay. I guess you're <laughs> Megan holds now. And yeah, yeah. We'll give you a shot. And, and especially cause we had that check. And so, and I don't think you can buy your way into Aragon now. I think it'd take a hundred thousand dollar check to, to buy your way in now, but this was what? 2002. I'm sorry. 12 or 13 mm-hmm. right around there. Um, so that, yeah, they let us in and then we, um, I think Dan came up with a thousand dollars on top of that. It really cost about eleven thousand to then buy enough holds to be worth ten thousand to the customer. So Dan threw in a grant, and we started Kilter. And then we um wow, we just whiteboarded names. We just were just yeah. hanging out in the spot and just didn't, and meet everybody. Was we just had a whiteboard in the office, like God, we just got to name this company, you know? Dude, it's so
0: hard to come with a name. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's I, I, so hard. Just, you, gotta you just
3: you got a whiteboard. Yeah. You just got to write down everything. You look at Latin. You look at other languages. You cross-check. And then we started taking compound words apart, Mm -hmm. which is actually, there's a lot of great names. If you take compound words apart, there's a lot of great names hiding in there. So we took off kilter apart and somebody just said that. And it's, and it just went to the top of the whiteboard and then it never left. And so we called it a couple, you know, three weeks later, we're like, okay, that's it. And and I'm really proud of our logo. It took like yeah, I love love this man. It's just so
0: clean. It's very clean. I love it. Very recognizable.
3: Yeah, and it took that took a month. That's kind of where it started, and then we spent a month sketching, and Mm -hmm. then it ended up kind of back there and then extra clean. And so, um, It just represents
1: well. That's a nice thing about your logo. Like on
3: yeah, it's just the cleanest. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So I feel really lucky about the name about. I mean, now it's, you know, these things happen. Sometimes a couple of years go by and now. I can't imagine, you know, my life without it. And I think I can't imagine, you know, um, climbing gyms without kilter. I think, no. we're, I mean, we're just solid. We're just in there. Extremely solid. But it happened yeah. pretty, pretty fast.
1: We, it seems like, that's what I wanted to say. Like you you get out, have some allies, have some people that believe in you. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah that. And just, you hit the ground and you're running. Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty fast. Um, Were uh, you? Did you feel when you started shaping again? Did you feel like a mania?
3: Yeah, Come, like just like uh, oh mean, fuck! Yeah, I'm I mean, gonna, I, yeah, this I, is gonna I, take all my energy. Yeah, yeah, I, I still love it. You know, um, I just feel. I know it's not important on the world. I know on the worldwide scale of things, it's not important. But it's fucking important to me, and it just really clicks in. I'm I. I I just feel a lot of responsibility. Like I'm just trying to make the coolest. I'm just trying to improve indoor climbing experience. I just feel a lot of responsibility for that because I I can see that we can do better. Yeah. And and look, I look at the stuff that I did that first couple of year, and God, some of it hurts. It's clumsy. <laughs> it's uh, some of it hurts my soul. Some of it stands up. Some of it doesn't. Um. But I've you know the more you can work, the more you can shape. You just you get better and better and better. So you know, it's important to me that we reinvest. We, we do, we've grown because we took every dollar back into buy more foam, buy more silicone, shape more, keep going, keep going and keep investing. And so I think I got to keep improving and keep improving and still am constantly, um, because we're just so committed to it. Just, we just dump everything back into more product. You know, you
1: also once said what you're kind of talking about there, that it's not important. And I think I would have some issues with that in the grand scheme of things, the of grand course. Grand scheme, sure. I mean, none of this Existential is way, is, yeah, the yeah, nihilist yeah. way, of course, sure. is not fucking
3: important. But it, I know it's important to us.
1: It's very sure. important to us. But you said somewhere, I don't remember where, I think it was in our interview with Clark. Yeah. That you said you would like to someday find a way to like give back. The sure. luck that you've experienced and in like a societal way. Sure, you have any ideas on that front? Um, I because society could could
3: use it, could use a little bit of it <sighs> oh, right now. Dude, it's funny. What I was I was thinking about doing this interview with you. I'm like, oh, cool. How many? How offensive could I? Because you know, I could be incredibly <laughs> offensive. How many people? I think I could. I could probably one of the ways I could uh, offend the most people is to compare anybody who's into Trump to religious people. Like, oh, if oh, you, that'll offend. A- a good cross section, right, right, because right, right. I, I think I think you had to be if you were dumb enough to believe in God, then maybe you're dumb enough to believe in Trump, something like that. Um, so, uh, Dave is Dave is a, Dave is knocking. Oh, yep, he, he's making it. He's coming. Electric. Oh, you elect a clown. Expect a circus. Yeah, absolutely perfect. <laughs> Well, and I think probably 2,000 years of believing in a magical man in the sky was pretty good prep work for believing in this cheesy two-bit con man. So sorry, that's an aside. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> everybody on the, everybody was, uh, who listens to this fucking podcast
1: knows that I hate Trump. Yeah, This okay. is not AI. Yeah, yeah,
3: no. Yeah, you've, I, I've, I've made I've, that perfectly clear. I mean, how many times have I messaged you? Like, you, I'm worried like, for you, dude. I'm worried for you. Just walk away. Yeah. Listen, no. I. I'm, so actually, that's what I'm trying to say is... I actually don't feel like i know that now society needs it i've i'm sort of given up for a little while I'm, i'll go back to helping out all of society later like i don't i've sort of given up on america for now like yeah. oh, well fuck i'm i'm just here to do my work i'll vote i'll do my work yeah, yeah I'll pay my fucking taxes yeah but as a country we actually did this i mean i mean look man growing up here like yeah you know when when you just you get to be nine or 10 or 11 and you look around, and you're like, okay, so we, as a group, we hate people based on color, of their skin and sexual orientation. Like, oh, this is insane. People yeah. suck. This is all fucked up. And I've felt that way ever since I was 10 or 11. Yeah. And this is just the latest expression of, God damn it, this is fucked up. And I'm sort of in the mood just to give the fuck up. Like I'm just working on making climbing walls better. It's great. That's all I can do for now. and. Back to what I what I would like to do a couple of a couple of concrete ways I'd like to get back. Um, I do believe in sponsoring, um, probably sponsoring some dudes in prison. Uh, dudes in prison, uh, st- you start lifting weights. It, it's a real. It can be a real um, cornerstone to turning that into a monastic experience. So, like lifting weights becomes. Pretty pretty Buddhist, pretty spiritual, pretty pretty for real, pretty important. And it becomes important to a lot of kids who have never done it, who have no idea what exercise or being an athlete or whatever being a focused athlete mm-hmm. is like. So these kids come in off the street and they end up really connecting with training and lifting weights to the point where it, it kind of saves lives. Yeah. Um, for me, I already had that connection. So for me, it was just a great way to get my head straight and a thing to focus on. It's a big part of my life. In there, my best friend in there was a guy named Hutch who was about 10 years older than me at the time. Um, He's he's since died, he died out. But he was a Mm. fucking Denver gangster who was the smartest trainer I've ever talked to. He taught over 15 years in and out of the joint for fucking dealing crack and shit and running checks and everything on the street. He was a straight up gangster. Yeah, But uh, he had taught himself anatomy. And and exercise physiology yeah. better than anybody. I've, I've I mean, sorry to all my friends who have degrees, but this dude was the fucking man. <laughs> and so Hutch could do that for himself. Um, so I think we should sponsor uh, getting proper exercise physiology training books and helping people, helping dudes in prison get ready to pass some of those tests. Some of those. Yes, I, I've been told by some people with uh, with degrees from colleges that the actual the the, I, I'm, I'm going to forget the vocabulary and forget what these things are called, but some of the tests to, not college, to, not college testing, but the tests to become certified mm-hmm. in exercise, in, in training. Some of those tests are actually harder than the ones they took in college. I've heard, I, yeah. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. You've heard that too. Yeah. So I would love to go into into all the prison yards and sponsor, like say, look, we're going to buy the books for a couple of dudes uh, a year, you know, what it may be. Yeah. Three to five dudes a year. And, and whoever is on this yard, who wants to actually take it to the next level, ideally so they can have a job when they get out. Cause actually when you come out of prison, you're, you're pretty high functioning in your own way. Really? Fuck. You can be really fucking focused. And if these dudes hit the street with like not having to, get a job at Wendy's. Right. A kinesiology
1: um, certification,
3: a certification where they could start training people. Uh, you'd have to, you know, you can't train anybody. Hey, sorry, you got an SO case. You've got, you know, you got a murder. Like we can't, sorry, we just can't take everybody, but there's plenty of dudes in there that have a case that people wouldn't be horrified. They could come out and they would probably get great jobs at the right kind of, mm-hmm. you know, CrossFit place or something. Fuck. Yeah. So I, that's a really simple concrete thing. I could, I'd like to do. Uh, there's also, there's something about, I knew when I couldn't get sober, I have a, I have a large English family, my mom's English, I have a large English family that have a, a rich history all through the branches of a little pile of cousins. And a lot of them have done, um, like Peace Corps work. Your mom's
1: ambulance story in yeah. Sarajevo is fucking yeah, yeah, crazy, yeah. man. At,
3: at the height of the the Sarajevo siege, my mom like quit her her uh, American. She had a company that was a uh, commercial property management. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna put that on hiatus and go to the Bosnian War." Yeah, I'm gonna buy an ambulance with some other Catholics and. Uh, load it with food and clothes and drive it up that road, which was the most dangerous road in the world Fuck into Sarajevo man. and deliver it. Yeah. So oh, that's that family. I realized <laughs> if one of those people had been able to get me when I was banging meth and just couldn't get clean, if somebody had gotten me, taken me somewhere to build a school or dig a well, yeah, I'd have been purpose. solid. Yeah. I, w- I would have been yeah. solid. I would have been like, take it to yeah, that it's fucking
1: it's, war zone and drop off supplies down yeah, that
3: road. Just take care of somebody else. Like I couldn't yeah. get out of my own, spiral of self-destruction, but putting the focus on somebody else and doing some other good. So I think there's something really interesting there. And I think at some point, I mean, the fantasy is you get a bunch of addicts and you load them on a plane and you take them to Africa like, oh, well, we're clean tomorrow, man. We're building a school. The exactly. right addicts, it would work. It's a it's a big ask. It's a mess. But there's some there's something there. There's something to helping people get sober through doing good work. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the details are, but... At some point when we have some breathing room, I mean, we still, kilter is still such a struggle. Um, I'm, we worry about money. I mean, I'm so obsessed with making products still and designing yeah. that I don't feel like there's a lot of extra. We don't have a lot of money laying around to start up a new charity program, but eventually there'll
0: be a little breathing room, A couple more yeah. years. Ian, I, I, um I don't want to say something fucking dumb here, so I, I, I do it constantly. It's my hobby. <laughs> but Mine too, dude. When you yeah. when Join you in the club, <laughs> thank you guys. Was, my diary I is very, full of
1: yeah. dumb Dear diary. Deer diary. I'm an idiot. Yeah, exactly.
0: <clears throat> but I feel like when you do you ever? I mean, your kind of battle with addiction wasn't that long ago. In hindsight, and I wonder how is it still something that you're working it's on it's, it's i have to fight
3: all the time um, yeah. i don't catch meetings um i have a friend who is right there we have some incredible memories of being just fully on the street homeless just strong yeah. so strung out um he was he was he actually could deal I, I couldn't deal with dealing i did all the drugs but he could actually sling a bag so he would uh he would get us but dope uh he's super successful boulder guy mm-hmm. he's wow. he, he's got a couple of years on me he got clean a little faster He does meetings. It's a big part of his life, and he's he's involved. He's uh, I don't know. I guess I don't want to speak for him, so I don't want to say too much about it. But he's he's balling. He's doing really well in real estate around the Boulder area. He's got a big old company. Smart guy. It's amazing, and so he's he's more successful than me, really. Uh, And he does meetings. And he's I promised him that I'd do one with him, and I did. I'm good. I don't. They don't suit me. Um, For me, I keep a positive spiral. I think this really kind of simple phrase. I keep this upward spiral of I've got this machine kilter that I feel really responsible for. I've got people here, Jackie, Griff. I get people that I love that I feel really – I mean, I'm the creative guy. So if I stop making the holds, then we all have a problem. Mm -hmm. So I just feel a lot of responsibility against some responsibility for others. And that keeps me clean, you know. And so I don't – for me, it's not a fight. At all, that's yeah. fucking great. It's it's, it's so again, unique. Super lucky, right? I mean, again, it that's why I keep saying, I'm lucky, lucky." Yeah, yeah. That is so rare. Yeah, but yeah. it
1: fucking happens, man.
3: Yeah. I, for some of us, uh, you, I, I got it again. I couldn't. One of my big regrets with not being able to help other people with sobriety, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I mean, I I am humble. I stay humble for a myriad of reasons, specifically about sobriety and and counseling or giving advice on addiction. I'm very humble because I didn't quit. I couldn't stop on my own. Yeah, I got thrown in that hole and then I got locked up and in County it's, it's, it's a bit, the County I was in, Arapaho County, what, there wasn't a lot of dope floating around. I couldn't, Yeah, I, I basically got handcuffed and rescued. So I took advantage of sobriety when I got the chance yeah. and I got two years locked up and two years is a pretty good amount of time. Yeah, If, um, if anybody has somebody in their life that is really strung out and will not stop and just can't get, they go to rehab, they, they fail, they get back and forth. If you could get them 18 months locked up, that's, that's probably, that's solid. Yeah. Even a year is, is good. But I, I would bet somebody if they got 18 months or two years clean, then then I'd bet on them. And that's a long fucking time. When you're at the beginning, it feels like a long time when you're in it at the end, you're like, yeah, whatever. That's what it took. Um, so I got that shot and then I kept it, but I didn't get clean. So I can't help people know how to, I, I didn't stop on my own. And yeah. I, yeah. so I'm very humble about that fact. And I never forget that I, I, it was such a horror show to watch yourself be such a fuck up and so weak. And you're in this, um, it's vicious spiral. So. Yeah. The, I, I, I do not believe in the disease model okay. for addiction. Um, i know why people uh reach for that you you think it's a disease because you're so out of control yeah and you're watching yourself uh make these decisions and you just feel so out of control you think god this can't be me this has to be a disease or something Mm. my my mom had cancer and and you know keith died of cancer here uh you know kilter and earth trucks people they have real fucking diseases. And I'm not the fucking about to walk up to them and say, Oh, I had a disease too. When I'm the one who fucking was smoking rock and shooting dope. No, not going to do that. That's ridiculous for me. Yeah. But I know that friends who feel that way and I know why they feel that way. Cause it feels like you're so out of control. It feels like a disease. So I, I remember that about myself. Like, Holy shit. I, I was that out of control and that, that does haunt me. Yeah. I cannot forget that about myself. And so but it haunts me in a way that I I just try to I just try to remember what that I was the biggest idiot I ever heard of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um you know and, and that I was that that all happened and it yeah. wasn't that long ago. I was that guy. So uh that shadow kind of spooks me. It just lives out there and it keeps me in line a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean that shadow is a a good fucking crossing guard. You know what I mean? Yeah. In your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like you're not in the sidewalk here. Let's go ahead and get back on the sidewalk. You don't need those fucking meetings and that shadow's there like... Yeah,
3: you keep that in mind. Yeah, sure. And I mean, I straight I mean, I nearly died in a myriad of ways, including just getting fucking killed. We were supposed to be killed. Me and my girlfriend were supposed to be... We're supposed to be executed by fucking this white boy gang because we'd fucked up and and fucked with the wrong people and they showed up to kill us with dump guns with the yeah with the, with the serial numbers filed off them and these dudes showed up wearing gloves and i thought they were just there to fight because people wear mechanics gloves like in that scene you fight a lot and so people would just wear mechanics gloves and shit to fight <laughs> so i'm like oh well all right we're about to get down like this but they didn't we didn't fight and they were just kind of weird and they left because there were other people in the house and then I found wow. out like a year later, like, oh, dude, you were absolutely, you supposed yeah. to be executed. There's supposed to be a murder-suicide. You're, they were wow. going to shoot her, and you're going to shoot yourself, air quotes. Oh and no God. one would have ever questioned no. that, I, yeah, of course that dude, again, there's plenty of people in Boulder that I would have believed it very quickly, like, oh, that fucking psycho, of course he that killed guy his girlfriend was tossing and
2: wobblers at rifle,
3: yeah, man. yeah. That guy <laughs> killed himself and his girlfriend. So that was, we were supposed to be hit. And it just, we barely escaped that. Lucky and, again. And that's only one, we were, we were fucking with dirty people. We, I mean, I had to buy a friend duct taped in a chair with a pistol to his head. I had to buy him with platinum credit cards that I'd printed. I had to buy him out of a chair. Yeah, well, thank like, God you were able to buy him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, how, what's it going to take? Here's 10 platinum cards. Would you untie him? And they're like, yes. Yep. yes, yes, we For, t- for 10 Platinums, yeah, sure. Oh my God. I don't know.
0: You you, you say uh, that you, you know, it's all thanks to your friends and stuff, but at the same time, I feel like to be able to be the person who stops making those decisions as well is, is important or, you know, significant. I don't know. I, That's I,
3: I felt like I had, as hard as I grew up and as such a mess as I grew up, I, I think there's it's a reasonably positive heart buried in this, in this body somewhere. And that, and yeah, so, for sure. so I kind of got back to, um, the best of the character that I could find in myself. I sort of got that chance and I, and yeah. I wanted to get back to that person. I'd been such a mess and look, I still pay restitution. I mean, I'm not, I, I, I say there's a junkie pride and there's a prison pride. I don't actually have a pride about the fact that we're printing credit cards. That that's just a shameful thing and that sucks. And that there's there's again there's plenty of people. There's some people listen to podcasts who are like you know what fuck that dude. Are you fucking kidding me? Someone to hit my card or someone to, that's yeah. identity theft or something. There's people that think I'll be a scumbag forever. I get it. I mean it sucks, but I get it. Um, and and I still pay restitution for that a little bit. And I and so I I always tr- I do. Try to take a second and and let people know. I don't think that shit's funny. I, there's a lot of funny shit that happened. It was a wild, wild fucking ride. I don't think the part where we're stealing money, printing credit yeah. cards. I don't think I, I take that seriously, and I don't think it's cool. Um, so I I still I, again I keep a humbleness and I, I there's I did that you know there's some shame there and I and that's when I talked about giving back. Well that that's a bill that I still do have to pay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's giving up on America for now. Sure. But I do have that bill.
1: Well, you were talking about heart, too. And I, we're not remotely near climbing, but I'm sure, so, uh, you know, you grew up with an alcoholic father. So did yeah, I. yeah, yeah. It was a mess. The, the thing with that kind of childhood, right, right. is that you have no control. Oh, God. and you, there, but. there is a 3d yeah. printer imprinting on you yeah. every day Yeah, yeah. and you get to feel that um adults are out of control and maybe oh. you're out of control and really? maybe you're worthless too because your daddy your mom is fucking
3: worthless it's just a mess great way to say it it doesn't have to define it's you not you're you're not and, you don't have any control well and maybe so i guess i would put a take on it and that pick the parts that if that doesn't feel true, if you're like, God, that does have to define me. It is who I am. It's all I know. Okay, sure. Then use some control and pick the, pick the parts, pick the good parts, pick the good parts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pick the parts that you do want to be okay. and be influenced by my case. My dad was, was just a maniac, but he was also just bipolar. Mm -hmm. And one of the, one of the things that I learned from that is, and this is how some people feel about me. I think as that, um, when that person's on, that person can be very charming, and 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 so people, you know, I, I got a, my dad stabbed his best friend growing up, like at a party, he was, my dad was uh, attacking some guy, he was mistreating his girlfriend or something, he pulled a knife on him, went after him, the, my dad was a pretty strong dude, so the I heard this story much later from this guy, the guy who's telling me this is crying about my dad killing himself years later, yeah, because he loved him so much. So the party tackled my father who said, all right, all right, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. Let me up. And when they kind of released his grip, he jerked the knife and cut his best friend wide open. Oh my <laughs> so my dad grabs him. They drive to the hospital and he pulls the same knife on the fucking doctor. He's like fucking stitch him up. Like it's a like,
4: fix my best. Yeah, friend." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> This
3: is, this is the sixties, seventies. Like I was born in 71 and grew up. I mean, I was in a high speed chase as, you know, reloading the fucking, uh, 22 Derringer that my dad was using to shoot the tires out of the car. We're chasing through the outskirts of Atlanta. He would have used the 38, but that was empty. So, you know, <laughs> he, he, empties the 22 he's shooting, these 22 longs and he takes, shoots both back tires out of this trans am we're chasing through the outskirts. How old are you? Nine. That's healthy. Yeah, <laughs> what what had we been doing for the weekend? We'd been digging bombs out of an abandoned army base in Georgia, <sighs> so that he could take them apart and make other bombs, and do whatever with those other bombs. So I like, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> like yeah, he's fucking dude. wait, he's drinking, and I'm like a nine year old. In it's an abandoned artillery range. So we look use a metal oh detector. That's the last look place for, you'd
1: take a kid.
3: Right. No, <laughs> I definitely put my nine year old son in the side of a pit. That's it's, it's at a twenty, thirty year old Fort Benning, Georgia. Abandoned sure. Fort Benning. So so we can div dig out Artillery. Unexploded artillery let's find the bombs that didn't go off we'll dig those out he'll dig them out with a shovel i'll take them apart we'll put them wow. in the back of the truck oh and on the way home i guess we're in a high-speed chase where i'm gonna shoot at the Trans-Am, tires out of the we gotta shoot the tires yeah, out of yeah. that well he'd watch the car he'd watch this trans am cause an accident where somebody died It was a massive rollover oh my god so my father's like oh well let's this guy's gonna drive away i'm gonna grab him what the so f- this yeah yeah so he and this is like, again, this is like 1979 or 80. And, uh, the cops show up and they're like, Oh, the high speed chase came to rest in the courtyard of a motel. This is when you lived in Atlanta. In Atlanta. As a kid. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, this is the guy who raised me, this fucking maniac. So, <laughs> So we get out of this car and the, the courtyard of the motel has now emptied. It's a pretty busy night at the motel turns yeah. out, you know? So people are all in the balconies cause have just been shooting and driving and everything else. And he gets out, he grabs his kid and jerks him out of the car. And I thought he was going to beat him to death. The kid guy gets away and then the cops show up and they're like, wow, this is quite a scene. Oh, oh, <laughs> before the cops go, my my dad's rifling through stealing the cocaine and the beers and everything out of the, out of the car. Right? So my dad gets all the dope to do. And uh and then the cops show up and are like Mr. Powell how the how exactly did you and this car come to be here? You know they they I think they kind of figured out that he'd shot the tires out of this car. But oh it's, it's like 1980 and the cops are like in the future, I think you should let us handle let this. Let us do our
1: job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop watching so much Smokey and the Bandit yeah, and let sure, us do our job. sure.
3: Yeah, he was a fucking maniac. So Holy moly. So uh What a story. But a great, just a, such a sweetheart at other times, and so right. you know, pick and choose. I plainly picked the side of the guy who was a maniac for a long time. Yeah. Into a, you know, I guess I was about forty when I was went to prison. So, and now I'm much better, and but I'll always be you know, a bit of a ma- bit of that maniac. Yeah, you know? I'm definitely a lot calmer, but um. So I try to be conscious about picking the good parts of that guy and, and the the parts of that guy that are acceptable to society. <laughs> yes. Right. I yes. try to focus on that. That's gnarly. <laughs>
1: that yes, is gnarly. Yes. Sorry, but it's a weird way <laughs> to grow up. It's how you do it, yeah, though. Yeah, sure, you fucking play with the
3: hand you're dealt. Yeah, yeah. Pick the good parts. Yeah. So, so yeah. Maybe understand that that you at least you can. Okay, you can't. You can't change it, but you could at least exercise some conscious decisions on what parts to yeah. emphasize. You know, I mean, that great. What there's two wolves that, that live in you, black wolf and black and and white wolf. Wolf. which one do you feed? That's great. That's great. It is that's fucking a great phrase. Yeah, uh, there's a whole
1: podcast on that. Have you ever heard that podcast? No, but uh, what's it called? I think it's called the gray wolf. Yeah. Okay. Podcast that sounds
3: vaguely familiar. Yeah!
1: This podcast is called the one you feed the one you feed it's about mental health check it out it's yeah, fucking yeah. great
3: the shadow self all that read about all that stuff it's all yeah it's all real it's all it's all helpful for sure
1: yeah we both have we all have both those wolves yeah, inside yeah. of us some some of us have fed, fed it. <laughs>
3: some feed the wrong wolf yeah. for many many years for a long time but the
1: other one's always there always yeah, yeah. hungry sure
3: so yeah, again, I'm lucky. I mean, Kilter is this full white wolf do
1: good. Yeah, I was yeah. yeah exactly. You've put, you put def-
0: you sorry.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I was gonna say you you invested a hundred percent in each side, and uh, I definitely <laughs> yeah, at different times definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. like this side, all this side. This side, yeah, yeah. This side is really cool. Yeah, really positive force in the climbing world.
3: Well, and I mean, I mean, Jackie is is such a good person and griff I and mean, these, these people are very stable and sane and have no idea what that other world is like so it makes me they kind of keep me
1: i mean you've done good work though you, you always frame your shit like uh it's all luck you, you've chosen to surround yourself with these people and you're right those are good people yeah um yeah. And so good on you for noticing you continue to feed the right wolves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. it's all about learning your lessons, and you
3: fucking learned your lessons. Yeah. You're so proud of that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I put myself there, but yeah, I, I learned what I could
1: and built this badass company. I want to end. We're not going to go too much yeah. longer, but yeah, I, sure. I want to ask you. It's been a long time, you, I'm sure. I want to ask you one more question. Yeah. Uh, cause I'm curious about your answer. When people say Ian Powell, is the greatest hold shaper
3: maybe ever in the world. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> oh, i fucking definitely am. Absolutely. Cause I've just worked harder at it. I just spend more time doing it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'm the best at this. I'm, I'm incredibly cocky about that. And, and as, as you guys know, I'm also, I'm really humble about what an idiot I'm about all this other stuff. Like I can't run a company. I can't bounce a checkbook as a company, we're really cocky about what we do right. And we're really honest about what we don't know how to do. Like yeah. we, we really wanna open a kilter gym and some small gyms and we have no fucking idea how to do that. <laughs> and we talk amongst ourselves openly about that. None, nobody here pretends yeah. we know how, and we don't pretend to outside people. I would just tell people all the time. Like I'll tell people all the time. Like I'm definitely the best in the world at making these climbing holds. <laughs> what I'm making right now is the best shit. And it's gonna keep being that way. And also, I have we have no idea how to open a gym. We would lose our shirts, like, <laughs> right? And yeah, so fuck I, yeah! I believe in I just be, I believe in just being honest with yourself. And so, it would be dishonest for me to say I'm not the best. I'm the fucking best at this. At this one goofy, <laughs> yes. tiny little corner of the world. Hey man,
1: yes,
0: right? I I think that's I dude, love it. I, love I didn't it, expect
1: yeah. that answer. I I expected oh, yeah. a little bit of false humbleness, and no, I, I was no. going to have to take you to task. No, no there's none of that. Fuck no.
3: Just beautiful. I'm a climber too. I use this shit. I know I know what good is. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: I think you're, I fucking have yeah. no grouse with it at all. I think most people consider you the best in the world. Not, no. you know, we not
3: enough. We, I, I, There's whole gyms that won't buy enough stuff from it. I don't want to grab them. I'm like, how the fuck are you not buying my, I get really mad about it. I'm like, how are you not buying my shit? I'm trying to make climbing in your gym better. Buy, buy from us. Oh
1: man, everything's so fucking incestuous in this. If they have their buddy who's making whole, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, just, it's, yeah, yeah. Sure, it's sure. the true of everything. Well, well,
3: look, that's we keep me from customers <laughs> because I mean I probably shouldn't say that. I mean, you know, you're great. We're, we're we're tight, and I'll say say that on a podcast. I probably shouldn't say that to that many people. And pe- and again, there's people listening like God, Jesus, fuck that dude. And so we we. We do not let me talk to
0: customers every day.
3: You know, I think that's a pretty good business plan.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, you might end up throwing holds at them.
3: I
1: would. Again,
0: yeah.
3: Oh, I would ban. I'm so tempted to tell you a list of gyms I would ban. (laughs) I I can't yet, but I swear to God, as we keep selling kilter boards and we make more money, there are a couple of fucking gyms, a couple of local gyms. I'm absolutely going to call them and go... Fuck you, you did not support me all this time. You just had no interest in ever buying from kilter. You can never buy kilter holds. Ooh. Jackie's like, I um, baby, I hope we make enough money for you to do that one day, she, that, <laughs> you know? She only, she only wants to see the successful part. To, she doesn't actually want me to you do You think it, she would let you do that, even if you it, were that successful? That's the point. If we made enough, that
1: she She'd would be like, you finally get your cookie yeah, 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 at the yeah, end yeah. of the day. Here's that, your
3: dessert, goddammit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we'd have to make like $10 million, but I would get to, yeah. I would <laughs> absolutely <laughs> ban some gyms from buying kilter. Like, you can never have us. You can't have a kilter board. You can't. Nope.
1: Those gyms are all rooting for you to never make ten million dollars. Now what? they're like, oh, fuck, I don't want to oh, get banned. They, they I don't really want to get were.
3: banned. They don't like me. They don't. Fi- they don't mm. believe. They don't understand. They don't know what the hell we're doing here. They don't think yeah. I'm special or this shit's good. Or they just they don't see the value. And I take it personally. Yeah, <laughs> I can't tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and anybody who knows me knows I'm uh, not lying. I would absolutely ban. I me. know
0: you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yep. All right. Well. Um,
0: oh man, that was amazing. Thank you that so note, much, Ian. We're definitely <laughs> keep... ridiculous
3: cloud
1: well no
0: air. the the real thing
1: is i i wanted to ask you what it feels like to to have somebody speak of you that way because that's a fucking unique rare thing and it's cool that you're like yeah i fucking been doing this for 30 years i i better be the best yeah that's, i mean that's a great answer Yeah. yeah i mean i, I think everybody hopes that they can say that about Something. what they do if they're a guitar player if they're a fucking whatever if they've bled their lives into
3: it, you know? I mean, the central theme to my life, the most recurrent, the the thing I'm bonded with the most is just creativity, I guess, right? So it's not just, it's not climbing or climbing holes, but I definitely don't know a life without creating, without drawing, without making something. So for me, the flow state Mm -hmm that where everyone's after the flow state, whether you know what that is or not, a lot of people have read flow, read the, the psychology of optimal yeah. experience. Please yeah, read that book. I mean, he, I think he coined that f- the, the term flow. I think probably yeah. Mahaley, probably that's probably his term. That's where it that comes
1: the from. 80s or something like yeah, that.
3: We, a bunch of us read it. in like, I think he wrote it in 87, eight or nine yeah. Hans Florin had it. And I think Lynn Hill was in it because he, he looked at rock climbers. So we all read it in like 1990 or something. Um, so my personal, I believe that I've been chasing flow state, including doing dope and whatever. It's just always looking for this kind of peaceful mm-hmm. focus, a level of focus that brings you peace. That's so encompassing oh, yeah. you lose yep. yourself, right? So um, if, you, if you get that creatively, you should have these moments. You should love uh, what you what you do, what you make, not not for long. By the way, I do believe that it's my job. I think it's my curse and job to be to be uncomfortable. Like as much as I, I you know, I'm only half joking when I say I'm the best at this. I I'm also just constantly haunted by mistakes I see and like, God damn it, I've got to make some more. I've got to do better tomorrow. Yeah,
0: I mean that's what makes you so good, though. That that kind of like that constant harsh mm-hmm. self-critique that you have, to, you be have to be able to do that yeah
3: i think the job i think the life of a designer and of a creative person i think you get to look you get to have moments where you look at what you've done and you get to be in love with it i think i think people don't talk <laughs> enough that about doesn't that doesn't
1: last but yes right
3: but you do you do get to read a sentence you do get to read a paragraph you right do, after right is generally when that happens and not and definitely not everyone but, no. you, but you do I mean, I know you do because you're still writing and you're still pursuing this. So I know you get these moments of, God damn, that's beautiful. That's great. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't mean that you that you'll think that in a couple of years. That's not how it works. Or in a couple of days. Or in a couple of days, it's not how it works. But you do you should get those moments, you should get those treats, and then mostly you should then be kind of disappointed in yourself. <laughs> exactly. I always
1: marvel um when you do something good, I don't know if this happens to you and I'm not saying my work is good. When I do something no, good to me, I, yeah. um, I'll look down at the page and I'll be like, fuck, I did that 20 seconds ago and I I can't remember a single second of it. Yeah. Well, do you good. get that? Yeah. yeah you, well, that's flow state. Like entirely blacked out. Yeah, you better be. Or not blacked out. I mean, I'm, I'm fucking working. And then you just, oh, you yeah. come to and you're just like, <clears throat> yeah, that's flow state. I can't that, fucking yeah. believe. Happens.
0: Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. I was saying, that happens all the time in climbing where you're like, you get to the top of a building, you're like, yes. Oh, that's moment. I, I literally moment. just blacked it. Like climbing. I don't remember. Like the beta. I just got up here. Yes.
1: Well, you know. You're standing on top and you kind of come to and you're like, holy,
3: holy
2: shit.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, so the athletes are always, you know, in the zone was the phrase Mm -hmm. we grew up with and people still use it. And it used to crack me up when athletes would talk about basketball, like, oh, well, this is special. We get in the zone here. And I'm like, homie, everybody's chasing (laughs) the same dude world. and, um, And... so in like in bouldering, one of the the really kind of magic thing about that is you're starting to share that a little bit. Like when you're when you're possible when you're projecting mm-hmm. and you're all working on it and you see it's possible and you unlock the beta, yeah. And then somebody does it, and then you get to do it, and so that's mixing a couple of different kinds yeah. of magic moment together, which is why that's such a special thing that we love. Yeah, white white's so memorable and imprints so deeply. Yeah, that's why you become a lifer. Yeah, 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 like absolutely. Us. Yeah, so so yeah, you you should you should love your work it doesn't mean you get to do it keep loving it but you should get moments
1: yeah,
0: yeah. sure yeah something it, yeah, <laughs> yeah something
1: everybody's looking for it yeah it's a fucking gift when you find it yeah and also torture and on that note <laughs> and on <laughs> that, on that note, note okay we should end torture. it yeah
0: g- goodbye right, thank, thank you thank
2: you Thanks, buddy. Down in the city where the wind around the buildings all tall and strange <laughs> Wow, that, dude?
0: I don't think I've ever met somebody who has been to such dark places, but then has come out on such high notes. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say besides that his story is nuts, incredible, and very inspiring.
1: Yeah. Um... If I take one thing away from that, it's that it's the parable of the two wolves, right? Dude. Yeah. It's like, um, we all feed the wrong wolf numerous times throughout our life. But Ian's story just tells you like, if you fucking against all odds, just keep feeding the right wolf. And it's not hard or it's not easy. Like it's hard to fucking feed the, the good wolf. Yeah. But if you keep doing it, oh man, good things are going to come. So thank you to Ian mm-hmm. so very much for sitting down. We tried to do this interview, I don't know, th- a couple other times. <laughs> just never worked out. And yeah. finally, um, and we're going to attach some previous interviews that uh, I've done with Ian in the show notes. Yeah. And, oh my God, they're so good. One is with Clark Schelk, the inventor yeah. of the crash pad.
0: You're going to love it. Ian, Ian is a great talker too. He's, he's good, dude. He's good, at, he's good at speaking. I enjoyed just listening to him.
1: Oh, yeah. he's Fuck. That reminds me something. So he says um, when he's talking about inmates, he's like, they wouldn't, you know, they're fucking IQ between 78 and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, they wouldn't know David Foster Wallace's. All right. When people drop the name David Foster Wallace, oftentimes they're trying to be like, look what I've read. <laughs> hey, did you know that I've read Ulysses? and david foster okay that's not ian i gave him a a book Uh a david foster wallace book before the show because he's a friend of mine and i know he likes him and i thought he'd love it and we talked about dfw for like 15 minutes before the show with jackie his partner um so
0: that's why he dropped that. <laughs> so any of you fucking people who are like, oh, you know,
1: why didn't you say he reads Ulysses dude, too?
0: We, we got to give some serious props to the fact that Ian is so open and willing to talk about his story because it's not, it is not a, like a comfortable or easy easy story. You know, he didn't like... He didn't, like, just, loot like, you know, it was serious shit, man. He fucking almost died multiple times. He was committing serious crimes. And uh, I'm just glad that he was willing to talk about it a bit. And
2: I just, the thing
1: is, Ian's not out there. Ian's job in life is not, like, he would be the first to tell you, I think. I'm speaking for him a little bit. But, like, he's not in this game to make anybody feel comfortable unless their fingers are on his handholds that's right outside of that he doesn't give a fuck man he's he's running his business in a good and legitimate way yeah. and he's making the best product he can possibly yeah. make but outside of that as a person ian's
0: a complicated dude man he's, oh, he's never gonna lie he's always gonna tell you the truth and whether you want to
1: hear it or not i love, I love it. it
0: i gotta be honest too i haven't seen i haven't met someone in a while who embodies that level of just psych or passion for their craft he's so psyched he's so dude. psyched and passionate this about this interview crafting. could have been yeah. four hours long we literally talked to ian for, an for like an hour. hour and a half or something before we started recording yes and it was all interesting good stuff and we were just like just it was chatting. all about shaping and like yeah. where kilter's gonna go oh my god and
1: it was yeah it was like an hour hour and a half and he, before we hit the I record just, button and we were just like oh my god we're gonna be here until midnight i,
0: I just love and he was just like yeah the Thinking about texture, that's what keeps me up at night. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, and
1: a little insider note the kilter walls, the kilter shop
0: walls are pink, hot pink, hot pink. Yeah, which I, which we like, We like that a um, lot. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, this was a for me, a, an interview I've been wanting to do a long time too, just because I kind of knew a little bit about Ian. And as someone who was a route setter for a while, like, I always loved kilter holds. Yeah, like in the setting department, it was for me at least, and some of the other people, I feel like. Everyone always knew which ones were the kilter grips. We always wanted to set with the kilter grips. And uh, I'd literally, I kind of know some other companies, but none of their holds or sets or, or shapes ever stood out as sharply as uh, Ian's did to me. And that's just me. Works that's me just, uh, just... Sucking up, dude. Out, sucking up, but big fan, so... Me too. And I am I had one of these IPAs, and it's making me feel a little sappy.
1: We're having a beer here yeah. as we record. All right, that's enough kissing Ian's ass. Yes, yeah, right. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Ian. Hope you enjoy the book. <laughs> Hope everything goes well. All your plans go <gasps> accordingly. Um, and we're so appreciative. We finally got to do it. But let's go on to other things. Yes.
0: Well, uh, other thing we want to talk about is uh, <laughs> shout-outs to anybody who was at the Rock and Resole. Film Festival, yes. where the Thundercling Climbing Train uh, short, written by Dave McAllister, animated by Dave McAllister, And it isn't put together by Feedy. won the Funniest Movie Award. Yay! Yay! And Dave and I both weren't there, unfortunately. (laughs) I had to work! Um, I did, too, I think. You were either working or climbing, but either way, we couldn't be there, but we're super psyched that it won. Yeah, it was awesome, and we just want to give a special thanks to this one guy who who, separately t- told us about it and it was like just really nice. And uh, Dave, what did you do? Oh, was, this is the guy at the gym? Yeah. Okay, so you all know I have a torn meniscus. I'm, I
1: fucking don't have health insurance. I did have it my whole life and I got rid of it a couple years ago and then I tore my meniscus so I can't get surgery. It's too expensive. So I'm this terrible road back from a really bad bucket tear on the interior of my knee, just trying to do it. So I went climbing for the first time at the gym rope, top roping only Lynn will not let me lead, even though we got into a a bit of an uncomfortable fight about it. And she said, I'm not going to say what she said, but she put me in my place. So I fucking top roped and I hated top roping. I think it's actually bad for your climbing, but I did it. And so I walk up to this, uh, this route and there's this dude with long hair and glasses and no shirt on and he's literally like l- splayed out underneath it, like lounging like he's on the beach. And it was kind of funny. And I walked up and I was like, Hey dude, are you going to be on this? Um, I'm going to get on this thing. And he's like, Oh, it's pretty bouldery up there. Generally, when somebody says something like that to me, when I don't ask, I want to punch them in the face. But for some reason, this dude was like, looked like a spilled drink. He was so comfortable. It made me laugh. So I was like, oh yeah. Okay. That's cool. It's no problem. And I had my brace on. And he's like, so what, like how, how long's it been? I said, oh, I tore my meniscus like two months ago. And so this is my first day of climbing back. And he's like, oh, I know. <laughs> and i was like what the fuck do you mean i didn't say anything i was like why did he just say i know <laughs> uh, and uh That's funny. so I, I i was just like yeah i went from climbing like four or five days a week to once in six weeks uh yeah 10 weeks and he was like so what have you been doing with your free time then and i was like oh you know climbing related stuff but you know certainly no climbing and he goes oh podcasting <laughs> and i was like oh ah, that's why you said i know <laughs> and he stood up and he's like hey uh, i caught your film at uh, the rock and resale event it was, it was great everybody really liked it and i was like oh thanks buddy <laughs> and i didn't catch his name and he got up off the ground out of his very relaxed and yeah. casual stance and he left my life and i don't know if i'll ever see him again but, but we to that fellow it. yeah
0: i saw him at we'll i saw him at you. north table last friday you were at North Table. Yeah, dude. Why? Did you get lost, <laughs> bro? No, dude. I was up there t- trying those classic rigs, dude.
1: Like Mr. Squirrel gets a nut. Uh, that Deck might chairs be in the Titanic. Flying fish. Flying fish. I don't know that one. Yeah, All God. right. Well, let's not talk. Yeah, let's we, if we talk
0: about North oh, Table climbing. Oh, right. So <laughs> you can get a hold of us at the at the Thundercling on Instagram very well done and uh if you want to shoot us an email or have any comments concerns critiques feedback mean things to say shoot them to the th- uh excuse me shoot them to thunderclingpodcast at gmail.com thunderclingpodcast at gmail.com how do you like that feedy knocks it out of the park i just want to say i specifically before we start class, i was like dave i'm gonna write <laughs> down. these down so i don't fucking talk like a goddamn idiot um, which I probably still did. Um,
1: along with that, if you guys uh, would like to write for the Thundercling, I, I'm going to call out Danny here who uh, wrote a piece for us. We're in edits right now. I'm super psyched. If anybody else <laughs> would like to write for us, I can give you something. It won't be money right now, but it could be art, could be clothing, could be a hat.
0: Prestige.
1: <laughs> That's open for debate. Um, anyway, thanks, Danny. We'll we'll keep working on that thing. Uh, other than that, Thank you for listening, as Thanks always. For listening. This was a is, long one, but yeah. I think it was... Really happy to introduce Ian Powell. I yeah. think this is the first, um, he's other a, than Plastic Weekly, the first climbing podcast he's done. He's a, he's a legend.
0: Support kilter. Support kilter. Otherwise, Ian Powell will never talk to you again.
1: Or he'll come to your house and beat you up. He's yeah, He's like
0: actually he's a, six
1: feet tall, about 220. He's fucking thick. Deadlifts 690,000 pounds. He doesn't pounds.
0: give a shit. He, he does not give a shit. He'll break you in half. half. He'll break you in half. And with that, goodbye.
2: The box office is a wide open, tickets now on sale I don't want to break the motherfucking news, but climbing is a wide whale, well. Big as a Baxter, so boys, BTS, new kids on the block Buy your ticket soon to be a, a cool climber of the rock Cause the proletariat so brave they are poisoned by the dimes They'll become bourgeois before You can even lace up the climb. Once this shit goes up for rent There ain't no returns It's a bill of sale with repairs New rule books we must learn I'm shitting in jokes Shitting food ranch donuts And now, take it away When you blow up, get a little bit bigger Flex those muscles for land and change like Arnold Schwarzenegger Power leads to lands, protected access for our tribe When money falls like rain into the game, we might want to slow our stride I'm shitting in Roy I'm a boring playboy i yeah. yeah. Rolls into the talk show den Climbers are the fat of the day Million noobs glitter and glittering gems Trading in the dough to play Me too With all that cash floating around Climbers can lose control Then the book gets steered By the back room suits And climbers become the pros I'm shitting in the red millions pizza, then bed God. Fuck it man
0: Fuck that shit man Oh, oh yeah break it down uh, Oh yeah fuck come the on spray dog huh? come on Fuck that spray
2: everybody Whoop. I am shit in Joe Shitting food ranch donuts. If we don't watch out, they'll take Take it away. Who's gonna take it away? Take Take it away. Wait, 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 wait.